man, I had a super awkward moment this morning. All right. Yeah, I went out shopping. Yeah. So, oh, today's my usual shopping day, so I'm going to get some shopping. I just told the missus, uh, if you could, just chuck the bed in, in the wash, just put it on a boil wash, and then while I'm out, I get a text. Why is she texting me? I'm coming back in like 20 minutes. Look at it. How many towels do you have? It's like the ones that are out. So there's no more towels in the house. No, just the ones that are out. Why? Oh. And that's the only response I'm going to get back. And she's put all the towels in the wash. Oh, no. Alongside the uh, the bedding. Yeah. And I went, but I need to get a shower. She, I thought you had spare towels. It's like, what single guy has six <laughs> towels? And the only towel that was left was like a really small one. Oh, no. So it's like, do you know the one of the ones that you can't even wrap it around your waist? Yeah. So I just, I, I went... How am I supposed to dry myself with this? I've got to be at work in 40 minutes. I need a shower right now. So I have to like towel myself off with this thing the size of a dish towel. I'm like, oh no, eh. just tapping myself with it oh, for fuck's sake. So I apologize for how bad a look in those videos coming up. But I yeah. Was, I was wondering though, like we got, a, you know, we obviously talk and arrange when we're going to record. Mm-hmm. You're like going to be a bit later than normal today. Towel emergency. And that's all so I I'd... saw and was like, what? Yeah, because I had no towels. Yeah, I was just like, well, I need to get a shower because I, I look like shit because I've just woken up the next day. I'm like, oh, so I had to use the smallest towel that was left behind. <laughs> like, God damn it. So yeah, welcome to episode 39. 39, yeah. Of the Carl's Corner podcast. So it's like one year away from being 40. Um, so if it, or one episode away from being 40, which means that it's one episode away from being 35 forever. <laughs> Uh, so I've worked in a nightclub for a couple of years and I've worked in and around bars and uh, there is just something about the 40 that people just don't want to admit. Yeah, yeah. And I have met many a woman and many a bloke, in fact, who, like, they are, they're not pushing 40, they're towing it. Mm, yeah, But they yeah. insist that they're still not 40. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm 35. Cause I, and I always think in my head, I'm not sure if you do this, when someone, like, clearly they're older than they say they are, mm-hmm. if it makes it look worse. Because, like, let's say you take it at face value that this person is 35. Yeah. Is it worse that they're actually 35 and they look 40-odd? Yeah. Or is it worse that they're 40-odd and they're still trying to pretend to be 35? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what do you consider to be worse? Uh, definitely being 40 and pretending to be younger. Ah, uh, I think it's the other way around when it's people who are younger but look older. Well, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I was thinking of it that they're both kind of the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, but I, I'd feel so, I feel so bad for those people. Because I remember um, there was a, a guy that started working with us a few years ago. And when he started work, like, everyone in the restaurant was like, yeah, he's got to be, like, you know, mid-30s. And then he turned around one day and someone was like, how old actually are you? Because you act really immature. And he's like, yeah, I'm like 23 or something. We were like, no. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I had a friend in high school who started going bald in year 10. Yeah. So for Americans, that's like when he's like 14, 15 years mm-hmm. old. He went through so much puberty. He had a full beard by the time he was like 14. We all had that one friend, didn't we, that started getting bald when they were young. It's like, oh, yeah. no. And he did, though, manage to turn it to his advantage. Mm. And what he would do is, um, if he wanted to just piss someone off when he was in college, he would put on a sweater. So he'd wear a sweater and a blazer and pretend he was a new lecturer. <laughs> and he'd walk into people's classes and say, this is my class, why are you here? 
Oh man. He'd, he'd pretend to be people's lecturer to pick, like uh, when he was in a class or something like that and he wanted to annoy the, like, the tutor. Yeah. He'd go stand at the front of the class and let everyone <laughs> would be like, pretend to be quiet. And the lecturer would walk in and go, Who are you? He goes, I'm Mr. Clarkson. This is my class. Because he looked about 35, so he, he had that air of authority about him. Yeah. And like, there'd be so many times where he'd get told off. Oh, man. Like where like the fucking head of the college would come in and go, you've got to stop doing this when we get new <laughs> staff in, because they're starting to get annoyed by it. Yeah, I don't blame them. Because they like, they bring back like the headmaster or whatever. So I don't know what you call like the person who runs a uni, or runs a college, sorry. Not the uh, headmaster, like the guy in charge. And like to sort yeah. out the supposed scheduling mishap they go Chris sit down <laughs> yeah it's like god damn it play the hand you dealt and it reminds me in some ways of not a guy that I know but he's a guy that people that I know now okay yeah so I'm not sure how true this story is but he's a, a guy who has alopecia mm-hmm. so he has no hair whatsoever and like um, a, a story that I've heard recounted is when my friend first met this dude like, they were drunk, so obviously when you're drunk, the first thing you point out is, wow, you're really bald. And clearly by this point, he's like, the guy's used to it. He's used to everyone being like, yeah, you're bald, you got no hair. Yeah, of He's course, heard yeah. every single insult under the book. Mm-hmm. And like they were talking to him about it. It's, it's not all bad having no hair. I get free taxi rides. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, yeah, I get free taxi rides and like discounts on my takeaways all the time. And I get just free stuff. So why? He goes, oh, because I just say, oh, I just went into remission today. Oh, man. And gets free stuff. Yeah. Like he'll go into kebab shops and stuff. Like, oh, um, it doesn't have to pay entry into clubs. Yeah. Because they'll say, oh, can I get free entry? And like, why? I went into remission today. I'm celebrating. <laughs> and they just see a completely bald man and they don't want to argue, so they just let him in for free. Fair so it's like, fair enough. Like, he's been made fun of for so many years because of that. I'm glad that he's found a way to use it for his yeah, own game. Of course, yeah. Because I can't imagine how much someone like that will get made fun of like especially I think um, from what my friend told me it happened to him when he was in high school oh god yeah so he went completely bald in high school in a very working class area so he probably dealt with so much shit and I'm glad that he now gets to turn that around and at least get some benefit from it maybe it's not the best thing or the most moral thing to pose as a cancer survivor yeah it's definitely not still, the most moral thing but well still I'm not going to be mad at him for playing that card exactly because yeah. of all the shit he probably deals with when he's on nights out from like people of like, oh, you're bald. It's like, yeah, I know. Put it this way, it definitely still balances out as him having worse of a time for it. Like, he's just getting yeah. something back. It's a play the hand you dealt. I just like that idea, though, of like, oh, can I get free entry? Why? I just went into remission today. I'm celebrating. And the person feels so awkward. He's like, yes, get in. I know I wouldn't question it for sure. You won't want you. You don't want to say to a bald guy, "Prove you've got cancer." You don't want to but say no, to anyone, "Prove you've got fucking exactly. cancer." Exactly. Uh, well, that's a story that's always stuck in my head. Of like, yeah, play the hand you dealt. It's like, yeah, I've got a shit hand mm-hmm. because I'm completely fucking bald at age like fourteen. I think it was he lost his hair. Oh, Christ. And I'll turn it to my own advantage where I get free stuff when I kind of get for like free taxi rides and entry to clubs and people buy me drinks all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to buy drinks, they feel sorry for me. I'm all right with it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I just love that idea. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and as well, though, this is why this story always sticks in my head because um, do you know what his nickname is in his friend group? Oh, God. Gear Stick. <laughs> his mates call him Gear Sticks. He's bald. Okay. That's oh, not, not, I never considered like Gear Stick to be an option, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, and apparently he DJs under the name MC Baldy Martin. I'm brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad one, is that? I respect it. Again. 
um, play the hand you did. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, my friend, um, what have you been up to this week? Uh, oof. Oof. Oh, God, is it that tough question? No, it's that thing in my head where I was like, what did I get up to this week? What did like, I get up to this The week? thing is, I know what I've gotten up to over the last month, but weeks are blending into each other, Carl. <laughs> That's when you know that lockdown starts to take its time. I, I don't know what time frame I've done things in anymore. It is um, getting pretty dire. Yeah. Well, we can use that as the jumping off point of, apparently lockdown is coming to a close soon, but probably not in the best way. Yeah. The headline that uh, the big news story of today is, um, yeah, you can now go to shops. You can now go to pubs, which we've briefly discussed like uh, in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. But the government has realised, oh, shit, maybe it's a bad idea if we just let people go wherever the foot they want. Yep. So they're now bringing in a mandatory rule that if you'd like to go to a shop in the uh, confines of the borders of the united kingdom you have to wear a mask but for some reason the infinite wisdom of mr boris johnson and his cabinet have decided that yeah this is a rule but it only comes into effect on the 24th of july which for reference is 10 days after recording this and um almost a week after they've opened up the pubs yeah i think the shops obviously if you want pubs to open it's very hard to tell people to keep a mask on their face while they're trying to have a drink. The shops have been open for half a month at this point. Uh, near a month. Near a month. Okay, so I get again the weeks are blending into. But shops have been open for a month, and uh, when that rule goes into effect, there'll be like almost two months. The shops will have been open. Yeah. It's yeah. only then they've realised maybe it's a bad idea. We're letting people walk around in close proximity to one another, without wearing some kind of facial covering. Almost as if they really thought about the economy before they considered anything else. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because um, I noticed when I checked Twitter this morning, oh, what's going on in the news? There was a, a specific trend that caught my eye, and that trend was hashtag no masks. Oh, no. Yeah. That, and Joe, that noise you made there, right there, Lucas, that's the exact noise I made, which prompted my girlfriend to say, what's up? <laughs> oh, and God. all I did is turn my phone around and show her the trending tab, and she made the exact same noise. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, you don't need to say anything else. No, and uh, for reference, my girlfriend, like, for the last two years living in Japan, mm-hmm. where wearing a mask, it's not a political thing, it's just a thing people do. Yeah, and I think that's uh, what people have pointed out is over in Asian countries, they've dealt with it so much quicker and more effectively. Because mask they wearing just, is just. Yeah, a they thing. just wear masks when they're feeling ill so that they don't spread contagions, and it's just a polite thing to do. Well, according to my girlfriend, like, apparently it's just a thing of girls will wear a mask if they don't want to do makeup. Oh, fair enough. It's like, oh, I've, done, I've not done my makeup today, I'll wear a mask. And, and because it's like, like not really a taboo thing or anything people like think is different or out of the ordinary, yeah. no one like looks twice. So it's, oh, I'm just feeling, I'm not feeling very good today. I don't feel like I've like, my makeup's a bit bad, my hair's a bit bad. Oh, just put a mask on. I've Go heard people saying that and just like, why you complain about wearing a mask? If you don't want to get ready or if you've got like spots on your face or something... Whack a mask on and no one will know. It's sick. And as well, my favourite thing is the amount of people who are saying, oh, it's Orwellian. It's, it's government um, tyranny gone mad. Yeah. When um, wearing masks uh, is the number one thing that stops facial recognition software, which is what <laughs> real Orwellian governments are doing. It's like a big thing at the moment. Yeah, true, So true. The, num- yeah. the number one complaint they have about being forced to wear a mask, like the mask would prevent... Because it stops the government from knowing what you look like and it stops them from tracking you. Mm-hmm. 
and it means you aren't. Basically, it gives you your privacy back. In a weird way, yeah. And I've heard like people say, "I just walked into a bank with a face mask on." I feel like that is normally really fucking illegal thing to do, mm. and it's it feels like, like they're yeah. committing a crime. But it's that thing of like, yeah, it gives you your privacy back. It it's so strange. And um, I, I said my girlfriend like lived over in Japan for so many years. Like she cannot fathom or understand the the backlash to it of like just wear a fucking mask. It's not hard, guys. And like the um, you can, you can't not mention that without bringing up the the crazy salty motherfuckers in America, like lawmakers who yeah. are screaming and crying about it being like an, like oppression. Or tantamount to like being forced um, into slavery in some cases. Yeah, being able to wear a small cloth mask, and I think it was like uh, a couple of like amazing dunkings being done, where it's I, I forget what it is, but like some shitty Republican lawmakers like, oh, I wore a mask for sixty seconds and I felt like I couldn't breathe. Oh God! And there's just like getting responses from ER doctors and nurses of like, I wore one for six and a half hours yesterday while operating. Yeah, and I feel fine. Yeah, why are you being such a pussy about it? I think once again it goes back to, um, you know, when we were talking about oh, all these people who were like quote unquote preppers and have like bunkers, yeah. and then they were pissy that they couldn't get a haircut for three weeks. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to survive the apocalypse, put on a mask, no. Yeah, the same people who have loudly bragged that they will happily live in an underground bunker for 10 years eating nothing but tins of beans yeah. and drinking recycled piss. Um can't survive three weeks um, of not being able to get a haircut or can't even be asked to wear a mask. Like they can continue their lives as normal, just wear a small piece of cloth over your face. <laughs> That's too much, Carl. Too yeah, much to it's, ask. It's so... It's like There's only one word for it, and it's just... It's depressing to see. <laughs> like, and then as well, like, it's not even that it's become a political thing. It's like, then you've got people attacking other people for wearing a mask. Yeah. And then you've got people who are so pissed off about the idea of being forced to do it, they're like spitting on food and at people. Oh, God. Which, thankfully, I'm not sure if it's happening in the UK, but there's a couple of places where they've now um, reclassified doing that as um, assault. Because I think it was always it was always classed like a misdemeanor assault or something like that, but because of obviously the climate we exist in now, yeah. uh, spitting at someone could be tantamount to throwing a disease in their face. Uh, it's been reclassified as, like, uh, maybe not assault with a deadly weapon, but something of that same regard. Of, like, yeah, this is very fucking dangerous. You stop doing it. And um, there's a couple of good stories. Not good, like, that they happen, but, like, it's good that something's being done. Of people going into stores, and just because they don't like being wear- forced to wear a mask, licking food and spitting on food and wiping their hands over stuff, uh, being arrested and, like, charged... It's like, at the very least, the idiots are being like, oh, just, oh. My argument is, like, why is shit like that been, like, you know, not okay, but why have people been getting away with shit like that up until this point? Um, it's because it's people who've never been said no. I had this conversation the other day, in fact. It was, um, and I asked, a, it's, a, it's a simple thought exercise, Lucas, where, like, um, you probably heard that, you know, violence never solves anything, right? Uh, yeah, like violence never solves that. anything. Always be the bigger man. Yeah, um, talk to someone and like understanding is a better um, uh, like way to solve problems than like you know just escalate to violence. Mm-hmm. But Lucas, have you ever met a person in your life who you think like 
they would stop being such a dick if they would if just one time they were slapped really hard across the face and told to shut up. Yes. Not punched, not assaulted. Yeah. Like not injured in anything. Like just slapped really hard across the face and told to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely met people like that. Yeah, and an audience at home, I'm asking the same question. Like, I don't mean like assault. I just mean just walk. Someone walks up and very calmly slaps them across the face and tells them to shut up. Because I have met probably a dozen people this month who I think if that had just happened to them once, they probably wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, yeah. When they've never been told to shut up in their life. Yeah, they've never been asked to just be quiet or they've never been, like someone's never just told them no. Yeah. And like you see all these videos, like they go viral, like Karen videos, like women screaming at shopkeepers. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, threatening all kinds of horrible things at them. And you just think, if that cashier was just empowered to just lean across the counter, slap them across the face, and say, shut up, this person will probably never act like that again. Probably not. And that's just a thought exercise I had this week, and I've asked a couple of friends it of, have you ever met someone in your life like that? And the funniest response I got of, yeah, that, that's my mom. Oh, God. And I won't name the friends, because I don't want to know. But like they said, yeah, I, I kind of think if that happened to my mum, she probably wouldn't be as embarrassing to go out and eat with. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. apparently um, that guy's mum is the Karen who will complain about everything and will raise a fuss. Oh, God. Over the minor thing to get the discount because they see everything as a, a slight and affront to them, mm-hmm. where it's just a genuine mistake. Like a waiter forgetting to take their order is a deliberate act of aggression against them. And oh, they cannot course, be told yeah. otherwise, and then they will then argue with the manager about it. And apparently they've been insufferable in lockdown, presumably because they don't have this outlet anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, like they've seen it as a microcosm of probably why this behavior is so exaggerated and so um, like uh, just vitriolic at the moment, where people who get off on that, I suppose, of just exerting what small amount of power they have over people in a position where they just have to stand there and take it such as like shopkeepers and waiters and things of that nature where they don't have that anymore yeah yeah and it's just driving them mad but yeah that's just a question i'd ask of like do you think that will be like, do you think that's a thing that should be done like we should just give shop um, cashiers and stuff here you go you get one slap <laughs> you get one you get one maybe yeah but like and they again and they it's... have to wear a thing and they have a, a warning at the store of every oh, okay. single one of our cashiers is empowered once per day to slap one customer. And you're never allowed to find out if the person slapped someone that day. Yeah. So yeah. you're constantly on edge of maybe if I act like a dick, the cashier will slap me hard across the face. <laughs> well, that's something I've thought about and I've multiple times over the years I've asked people that question. Because I go, I always think back to high school. And um, when I was in junior school, so for Americans, I guess that's middle school. Like you end junior school when you're about like what twelve, thirteen, then you go to high school. Uh, well, we start high school when we're like eleven. Eleven, twelve, like so, like roughly just on the cusp of becoming a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I always think back to there was one kid in my junior school who was a huge dick. Like throughout junior school, because he was the biggest kid, because he just happened to be bigger than all the other kids. Right, yeah, yeah. And he picked on everyone, he pushed people, he made fun of it. He was just a generally unpleasant person to be around. Literally on the first day of high school, because in high school, obviously lots of schools from the area all meet up on the first day. Yeah. And he pushed a smaller kid 
by lunchtime, that smaller kid's older brother had found out, <laughs> walked up and just smacked him over the back of the head. Yeah. Didn't hit him, didn't beat him up, didn't push him into like um, the bins or anything like that. Just walked up and said, leave my brother alone. Slapped him over the back of the head in front of an entire group of people, mm-hmm. prompting all of those kids to laugh at him. So it's like it's not so much the act of being slapped, it's the embarrassment he felt at that moment. That kid was never a problem again. Yeah. And I always think back to if someone would have done that sooner, maybe that kid wouldn't have been such a dick throughout school. I mean, maybe, however, like, I will say that... Um, so I, I had a problem with one person that in my mm-hmm. in my class, in my form, whatever you want to call it, um, in uh, high school. And yes. First year we joined high school. Um, so, yeah, we were about 11. Um, basically, I was, like... I guess we, me and my friend were having a conversation about like play fighting or something. We were pretending to punch each other in the arm. And this guy on camera, for some reason, someone was filming it. Uh, on camera, just walks up and starts punching me in the face. And then I just tried to defend myself back away into a corner. And eventually, again, on camera, you see me just lash out and punch him and break his nose in the end. Just one yeah, punch, just like hit him in the face, just get him off me. And then he, you know, um, tried to call me out to the headmaster, blah, blah, blah. But someone had recorded it. So they were like, no, this is your fault. He got, like, suspended for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents found out and grounded him and all this. And then literally the moment he came back, he still started causing problems until the moment we left high school. And you would think, okay. you would think the end of that story was... Yeah, he learned his lesson and stopped fucking with people. And it's like, no, he just came back and was still a dickhead. Yeah, so some people are just dickheads, I guess. Some people, yeah. And that's why it's not a perfect solution. But I think it's an interesting thought exercise of if just like I see it whenever you see those videos of like the people screaming at cashiers, you just think if one person around here, like if one person in the video mm-hmm. just walked up and slapped them across the face and said, shut up, they would probably just be so shocked and embarrassed they'd leave. Yeah. And it's also many problems. Then, like, every person I've asked that question of so far has had the exact same reaction as yours. Absolutely, yes. Multiple people, some of which I've met, encountered today. And I think that's the thing is, maybe not, like, the whole idea of giving, um, you know, cashiers or whatever, waiters, a slap. But just, I think, sometimes um, having an environment where it's okay to call customers out and, like, manage support in that environment... Yeah, that's like then that's what would be the ideal solution, oh, and that's uh, I think why um, the videos that people record, like the ubiquitousness and now the just the prevalence of oh, as the moment people see something like that kicking off, the first thing that happens is three people whip out a smartphone and record it. Yeah, and every single time the story is being almost the exact same each time of person is filmed being a huge dick towards. Um, like a cashier, usually who's being so, like incredibly courteous, mm-hmm. is doing, is being like a, is acting like a complete, com, what's the word I'm thinking of now? Not complete, like, uh, com, not competent. Damn it, composed maybe, but like composed, acting, yeah, yeah, they are being, they're a consummate. There it is, they're being a consummate oh, okay. professional, um, arguably like when they when they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. like they're being they're being a professional. They're acting courteous towards this customer. That video gets uploaded within a day. That person's identity is discovered, and people find out where they work. They are fired from their place of work, and they issue a tearful apology that that's not the kind of person that they are. 
And this has happened a lot more during lockdown because people, as you say, seemingly just need some random outlet to scream at. Yeah, it's, um, every single day has been a new version of that story. Mm-hmm. So, and it's been um, uh, initially during lockdown, um, it was uh, delivery people. Yeah, yeah. You saw a lot of those videos from delivery people, and you, like, I couldn't believe some of them. Like, some oh, of them crazy. were painful to watch. Like, oh, I'm a delivery guy. I'm wearing a FedEx uniform, driving a FedEx truck, carrying packages marked FedEx. Here is crazy old asshole who lives on this estate or in this cul-de-sac demanding to, to know who I am and what I'm doing in this area because I'm black. Yeah, and, and the, I'm wearing a FedEx. The, they were claiming like they were there to rob them. And I'm wearing a FedEx uniform. Yeah. Driving a FedEx truck, carrying packages, Mark, with this. It's like, how much more obvious could it be what I'm here for? Yeah. And you see those encounters and you think, this must happen every single day. And it, like, it, there must be some aspects of their cooped up inside so they don't have that outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, ordinarily, it'd be piecemealed out throughout the day to multiple people. Yeah. But the busybodiness all builds up and they have to do it. It's like, oh, and they, they, you can imagine them turning to the wife because there's a black guy out there. I wonder what he's up to. And they and they just can't see, they literally cannot see the forest for the trees. Like they don't know it's all the bullshit. Like FedEx everywhere on his person. We need I need to find out and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And then you'll have like the video, usually filmed by the guy who's just incredibly asking, "Are you for real?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's been multiple versions of that. And then later in lockdown, when shops start to open up, it's been cashiers mm-hmm. and uh, like greeters in supermarkets just asking people to put a mask on. And then again, you get a Karen, or what's the male version of a Karen? I don't know. Um, I've seen like multiple versions. I've seen people saying Chad, but that's not what I heard Chad was originally. And no, yeah, I, I like... prefer Gammon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Gammon for Americans. That's the the British way. That's the British term used to refer to. I think the way easiest way to have is Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. Of a usually overweight, usually middle class, or upper working class man mm-hmm. who is just middle-aged and angry at the world yep. and just very red face. And the word gammon describes them as, oh, they're fat, pink, and salty about everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see them outside yelling at the greeters because they've been asked to wear a mask. Yeah. And again, it's the exact same um, series of events of someone films it, they upload it to the internet, they're found out, they lose their job, they issue a tearful apology. It's like, do you not watch the news? Or is it just is it just that hardwired into you that you have never been told now? Yeah, that this m- most minor of inconveniences like just send you into a frothing rage. That is maybe one positive that I've seen come out of everything with like the lockdown and COVID and um, a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests and movements. So, and yeah, people have just stopped giving a fuck. People are like, so, I don't care. So many people have put out like you know awful comments they've done awful things and then immediately just been called the fuck out and fired and it's like shut the fuck up and sit down it's like i'm so happy that like it's finally got to the point now where everyone's like no fuck you i'm sick of dealing with your shit please just shut up and i think that is like that's the metaphorical equivalent of my solution of just one good hard slap (laughs) just one single dose of reality and they are immediately um, apologetic. Mm-hmm. Like the moment they have to deal with any consequences related to their horrible actions, they immediately back down. Oh, God. 
and you've seen it time and time again. I think the absolute best example of that and the one that fills me with the most schadenfreude is, did you hear uh, or see the story about, I think it was a cashier or a barista in Starbucks or some other coffee chain? Uh, you one? No, but can you explain schadenfreude to me first? Yeah. Uh, schadenfreude is, um, I think it's a German term, I mean, it roughly translates to um, pleasure guilt or guilty pleasure. Oh, okay, it's, right. it's feeling happiness at the expense of someone else's suffering. Okay, yeah. But no, I did not see this. And it was a cashier, or oh, sorry, a barista in a coffee chain in America, mm-hmm. um, simply asked a lady, can you wear a mask? Um, it's a store policy, you have to wear one or I can't serve you. And what makes this story so deliciously, deliciously just, mmm, this is good shit. This is some good schadenfreude. <laughs> is that the lady herself decided to film this interaction. <laughs> and she recorded herself having this interaction with the cashier, who, again, was a consummate professional yeah. and responded with utmost sincerity and professionalism. It's like, please, ma'am, can you wear a mask? And they repeat the company line over and over again. They're not rude. They're not sarcastic. They are completely professional and courteous and polite. Mm-hmm. And this lady is just a screaming jackass to them for a solid five minutes while she screams about the fact, I'm going to post this on Facebook and then you'll see. And what <laughs> happened was she posted it on Facebook on her own. So she not only recorded, she posted it on her own social media, which is publicly visible. Yeah. It almost immediately went viral. Um, everyone, including people that followed her, called her out for being an ass. <laughs> and then in response, uh, people were like, Do you know what? That barista did a really good job. Yeah. Like they were so stoic and so just professional in the face of this unrelenting torrent of abuse. Mm-hmm. Let's set up a GoFundMe to give them a tip. Because oh, clearly this lady didn't leave one. Yeah, clearly uh, not. This GoFundMe ended up raising in excess of about $100,000. Holy shit. So this barista got a, ra- like got a, a random $100,000 tip. Yeah. As a result of that lady being like, you'll see, I'll show you. I'll and fucking already, prove you wrong. <laughs> already, Lucas, is this story sounding pretty delicious? I mean, that alone is just fucking beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Would you want me to make it just a little bit better? Oh, please do. Please do. Because, because this lady didn't take this lying down. She wasn't happy about the fact that this video that she recorded and uploaded was going viral because oh, it made no. her look bad. No. And not only did she threaten to sue news sites uh, republishing it, despite the fact she published it publicly, for libel, for just airing it unedited and showing her as she was. (laughs) Uh, She took particular exception to the fact that people raised money for that barista and tried to sue them for a percentage of the tip because they feel they're entitled to it because their actions help raise it. What?! Oh, what a And Lucas, what's your, what's your immediate reaction to that? Go fuck yourself. Exactly. And what do you think the reaction of everyone else is? Probably go fuck yourself. And what do you think legal experts have been asked? So does she have a case of said? Uh, I'd probably say God no. No, no, she didn't have a chance. Like, she, <laughs> but, as you say, you, she herself, unedited, posted it on her publicly available Facebook page or whatever social yep. media it was. And then shared it on Twitter and Instagram and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, fuck it. It's the public's now. It's not yours. And then she's trying to sue the teenager. Yeah. <laughs> so I want a share of that tip because I earned it. You only got it because of you only got it because of my video. You, you know, know what, the video Carl, of me her being, being a, a bitch got her viral, so it's fine. 
Like, oh, it's so good. Like, isn't that a delicious story? Oh, man. Like, that's beautiful. It doesn't really encapsulates the mindset of that kind of person. Of It doesn't matter how poorly they are reflected upon by their own actions. They can only see it in terms of, but where's mine? Yeah, and the fact that everybody publicly calling her out and saying, what a fucking horrible person. To the point where they've raised money for the person who had to deal with the abuse... As it's a like, fuck you to her. Yeah. Did you not at any point sit there and go, yeah, maybe this is on me. Yeah, maybe I'm in the wrong. Yeah. Well, no, Lucas, because being wrong feels bad. So it does. The, 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 the solution instead is just to know everybody else is wrong. <laughs> Double down. And that's, my, and that's my money. Yeah. And that reminds me, to a degree, of, uh, did you ever hear when Adele got sued by her ex-boyfriend? No, I didn't hear about uh, it. This is an amazing story because um, I forget. I'm going to double check the details because I like Adele. I don't want. Okay, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. want to put no disrespect on Adele's name. So I'm going to double check just to find out what album it was. So, okay, Adele. Cool. So I fucking love Adele. Da, 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 da. Here we go. Oh, he's got it. Uh, da, da, da. So uh, this is a story directly from Adele herself, and she doesn't name. Uh, the album that it was, but like one of okay. like, uh, her earliest hits were all about going through a bad breakup. Right, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, like it's heartbreak and just, you know, just being unlucky in love, which is something a lot of people can relate to. The Taylor Swift like you know. Yeah, not to mention like Adele's a fantastic singer. She is, yeah. So, like, you know, and she was really successful because of this. And mm-hmm. she like turned that into a really good career where she's singing like the Bond song and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Adele revealed after... Um, the success of her debut album. Oh, there we go. So it was her debut album, 19. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Um, um, that was the one. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so Adele has revealed that. Yeah, so we've got that. So it's her debut album, 19. After that was released and was a huge critical and commercial success, uh, making Adele into both a household name and a millionaire, um, her former lover, who she refused to name, repeatedly called her, claiming that she owed him money for the songs uh, she wrote about their failed romance. <laughs> oh, that's some entitlement right there. Yeah, so his argument was, those songs that you wrote about how much of a dick I was are so popular that I deserve some of the success. I deserve some of the money. Carl, if he wasn't a dickhead, she wouldn't have been able to write those songs. Exactly, so he's entitled to part of the money. And we've got a quote from Adele here. For about a week he was calling and he was deadly serious about it. Holy shit. Um, Finally, I said, well, you made my life a hell, so I lived it, and now I deserve it. <laughs> Too right. And, and we have a quote here. He really thought he had some input to the creative process by being a prick. I'll give him this credit. He made me an adult and put me on the road that I'm travelling. Yeah. Well, again, isn't that the same kind of energy of, I was like, the only reason you've got this success and money is because I was a dick to you, so it's partly, like, so I am entitled to some of the money. <laughs> Yeah, I partly ruined your life to the point where like it's influenced you to go write songs about it. Uh, therefore, I earned those songs. I made part of those songs, girl. Imagine the entitlement and just the lack of self-awareness you have to have to just make that your... That's your argument. Yeah. If I was such a dick to you that your heartbreak is what made you a success, that so I should get some money... And it often, when I hear stories about this, makes me question, does this person think they are genuinely, like, in the right? In their brain, are they in the right? Or is it just the mentality of, 
I'm never going to get this chance to get money again. I think it's a little of both. Yeah. Probably. Well, again, like, being wrong feels bad. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of, part of it is just in their head. Like, I can't be wrong, and I am entitled to part of this success. Like, so some people just cannot deal with other people having success. Like, it drives them mad. Well, it's, like, it's often why um, so many people, The one of the biggest, like, recent examples is Justin Bieber of, like, oh, my God, they're young and successful, therefore the world must hate them because fuck that person. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of people that they find it very difficult to maintain relationships where there's that kind of imbalance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's more uh, like noticeable, more prone, or at least it's more re- uh, reported um, when you've got an especially successful or wealthy female, like like Adele. Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. Where, yeah. Um, after the release of her debut album, I remember this being a story where Adele was on Tinder. Oh, and right. she still had like she still had dating profiles online, but she yeah. didn't get a date. So like, I've got a number one album and I'm rich, and guys don't want to date me. Because they're intimidated by the I was going to say so inferiority complexes. Yeah, and that's what plays into it. And you'll hear stories about it when um, people win the lottery, mm-hmm. where um, friends and family will eventually come to resent them because they don't see it, they, or they don't feel like they earned that money. I mean, in the lottery's case, I guess that's fair enough. They didn't. But, it le- but it leads to a lot of resentment of like, and the people like, I did that, that should be my money. And they feel entitled to it in some way. And then, like, you can get that with. Uh, people who are successful, like yeah, uh, probably yeah. the most harrowing example of that is um, the little girl who did one of the voices in Land Before Time. It's a very famous story that her dad uh, was famously so, he was driven so wildly angry by jealousy of his daughter's success and like the inferiority he felt because his young daughter was wildly more successful and wealthy than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed her. Shit. Like, he, killed his, he killed his own daughter out of jealousy for her success. Fucking hell. And it's just that there's something inside people's brain where they are broken. Something is broken inside their soul and they cannot um, just live or they cannot deal with other people doing better than they do. Yeah, and I, I see this on varying levels, just or I did before lockdown, just every fucking day. Mm-hmm. I see it in so many people and to so many different degrees, and I guess it's just something like kind of hardwired into most humans is just the outright jealousy of it all. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. But yeah, like that thing with Adele, I think is like the ultimate solution of that, or the ultimate example of it. That's definitely up there as one of the ones. Where like the ex, but like um, she's not really gone into much detail about what her ex was like, but it was very clear unhealthy, toxic relationship. Um, with a lot of gaslighting involved of him, like com- constantly belittling, belittling her and like demolishing her self-esteem, and, and like clearly that was done from a place of he wants to feel su- he doesn't want to be in an equal relationship. He wants to feel superior to his partner. Yeah, yeah. And when she gets out of that, and then he sees her go on to this huge success, he's so, like that. Clearly, like, he can't um, uh, like just square that in his own head, and it annoys him. It's like I am entitled to part of that. And it's just bizarre to me to have that mentality, but it's just fair play to Adele for being such a big person that, like, even though he's come out and tried shit like that after he's tried, like been such a dickhead, he's clearly like fucked up a little bit of our life. Like to then come out and be like, you know what? I'm not gonna name or shame him. 
I'm famous. No. I could fuck this guy's life up if I did yeah, that. Yeah, I, I could ruin his his career forever because obviously then every time someone Googles his name, it's like, oh, he's the guy who tried to sue Adele. And still, she's the bigger person after all that. It's like, fair play to Adele. But it's uh, it's just a hilarious like, example of just that mentality of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. man, it's so good. And then you get that lovely bit of shardin' from like, Adele's now successful, and you know that guy's still mad about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, you know he, he'll never stop being mad about it. And I love when you get stories like that. People just being really salty and just never getting over it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and he sits at home thinking, oh, man, I'm... I, he, he think every time he sees her name in the paper... Like every time he sees like one of her songs, like that's my money. Yeah, and you know he'll be sitting there in the pub in twenty years, like you know this fucking bitch didn't give me any money. Yeah, I was entitled. That was my money, and yeah. she stole it. And he'll twist it around in his head to make. She ruined my life. <laughs> she ruined my life. <laughs> For fuck's sake! It's great. It's amazing, and those stories are always um, so beautifully beautiful, uh, so beautifully beautifully, um, uh, just nourishing to the soul in these dark <laughs> times. Yeah. About all the ones of like said people getting called the fuck out for acting like dicks. Yeah, and just and you see it, it happens, and it happens so fast because the internet don't waste any time these days. It's just usually within a day of one of those videos going viral of someone being a horrible, horrible prick mm-hmm. to someone who's in no way deserves it because they're just trying to do their job. Within twenty four hours, they're fired. Yeah, and the one that got me that I saw not long ago was okay. Um, somebody posted like really really awful like crass racist things on their like uh facebook like profile they just posted as a status like i fucking hate black lives matter blah 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 and then the next day is just a screenshot of him on an unemployment page like help i got fired from my job (laughs) oh they're always the best yeah and it's just oh fuck you those tweets where it's just cataloging like a story in three parts or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Of a person making like horrible racist posts on Facebook and then them posting like literally within like an hour of lol just got fired from my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my life comes at you fast. It's Don't dumb. be racist. It's oh not my hard. God. The world moves it's fast so, nowadays. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. And the fact that it keeps happening is like I said, it's nourishing to the song. It is. And footloads. To see people. Hor- to see horrible people just suffer. Maybe that's not the right way to think, but God, does it feel good. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's not that you want them to, to see them suffer. You want to see people get the comeuppance. Like, that's do, what it yeah. is. And that brings all back to just every now and again, people need that slap, whether it's metaphorical mm-hmm. or literal, of just you need, like, the metaphor of slap of reality. The wake-up like, call. Like the world is bigger than you. Yeah. And there are consequences to your actions. There are. And they're always so, so funny. <laughs> like, um, I, one of the ones that was, I think, just the most perfect. Hmm. Because, um, like, whenever you see these, like, someone calling, like, you know, the false, like, women calling the police on black men and then getting them fucking killed. Oh, It's, like, God, a horrible, yeah. horrible thing yeah, yeah. that people keep doing. And there was a story about that a couple um, weeks ago at this point where it was a guy in New York. Did you see this? Is this the one in the park with the dog walking? Yes. yes. So if people don't know, like, this is a huge problem in America. It's like to the point where like, there are actual moves to criminalise this act. Mm-hmm. Of like, if calling the police without good reason and saying there is a scary black man yelling at me is 
pretty much that is tantamount to calling in a fucking execution on well, some, yeah. in some states if you've got the a police officer with the wrong attitude, which is seemingly all of them. People have died from this shit. Yeah, it happens. Every, well, there's stories about that every other day. Yeah. And what it was is a uh, a video recorded by a black man when he was mm-hmm. out in the park and there was a lady walking a dog. And he's recording the lady and he simply asks her, look, uh, this is an area for birds. Can you please just put your dog on a leash? It's rules so, of the park in that part of the park. Yeah, and this lady, for some reason, being told what to do, by a black man, sends her into a frothing, seething rage, and mm. she screams, screams at him while choking her dog, because if you're going to be a dick, you might as well go the whole way. Yeah. And in the ensuing conversation, she like gets her phone out, which is the classic thing, uh, calls for the police, and says, on video, while it's being recorded, like you can hear, this man is the, the calmest, nicest motherfucker you've ever heard talking, mm-hmm. um, I am being threatened by a black man. Yep. Please come help me. And the reason this story is so amazingly perfect is because in the uh, everything that got revealed about that man in the aftermath of this story and video going viral just made him out to be an even cooler dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, um, not only was he like he was the head of like the ornithological society, mm-hmm. so he's like just really in, he's just really into birds, yep. and he's like a bird watcher, and people were like tracking down clips of him in an obscure documentary about watching birds. No, and he's just really nice and knowledgeable and, ha- and friendly. He's like, oh, also, yeah, he's a former professor at an esteemed university. Mm. Also, he wrote for Marvel. Also, he's on, like, the city board for planning. Also, (laughs) here are, like, 50 different letters of recommendation of how nice and awesome a dude he is from varying, like, um, figures in the community, like, influential, powerful figures in the community. Mm. Also, he looks fucking awesome. (laughs) He's 55 years old, and he looks, like, not a day over 30. Also, like, he's just... uh, Also, he's, like, a really outspoken advocate for gay rights so not only is he like super fucking awesome in every regard he's also like you know like been through a lot of shit in his life he's black and he's gay yeah 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 and he's like you know he's not let that holding down he's like succeeded in spite of this in America and everyone's kind of like bird daddy <laughs> because he's like super he's a super hot older dude amazing and it's just like every new thing that got revealed about this man just made him out to be an even cooler more awesome dude yeah and again, within about a day, that lady had lost her job. But she didn't just lose her job, she lost her job, she lost her house, and she lost her dog. Yep. And she released the usual, the requisite tearful apology of this is not the person I am, even though we have direct contradictory video evidence of yourself proving that that is exactly the person that you yeah, are. Yeah, the first thing that you thought to do when like politely confronted by someone asking can you put your dog on a leash, please, was I'm going to call up the cops and try to get this fucker killed. Yeah, and also I'm going to choke my dog. Yeah. Which is just the thing of, like, every new piece of information revealed about that man was just revealed as being an even nicer dude. Like, you could not have, like, picked a fight with a more, like, it's, the guy was Teflon. But the problem like, there is, is, what there happens, is nothing like, you can get to stick on him. Regardless of how nice that guy is, what happens if the police take that really fucking seriously? Yeah. Exactly, and that's like the deeper, more um, sinister underpinning to this story. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, of all the people that lady could have gone off on, she goes off on just like the most perfect <laughs> example of a human. Like, he is like, like I said, the guy was Teflon. There was literally yeah. nothing you could get. To, like, the guy had never put a foot wrong his entire life and had been con- a consistently awesome, excellent human being. Mm-hmm. 
which only highlights how much shittier she really is for doing it. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's amazing. I love it. Like, I don't love that it happens, but I love that the people that are doing it are getting called out and that they're suffering real-world consequences, such as losing their jobs, which must suck in this economy. Yeah, man. Not a good time to be losing your job. Uh, is what, the best thing about all these stories is they always put the person's real name and face next to these headlines. Yeah. So not only is that lady never going to get another job, I don't know if she's lost it or she's never going to get another one. Because I think we've gotten past that point where it's, oh no, you can't like reveal this person's identity because something bad might happen to them. It's No, they're doing bad things. Stop them. And it's also why they're doing it publicly. Yeah, they are. And there's a rule. It's like there's no expectation of privacy in public, mm-hmm. uh, which is why um, you can film outside. It's like why news reports and stuff can just like have um, a static shot of like you know a crowd. Yeah, because yeah. when you're in public, there's no expectation of privacy, which is like it's a general rule of thumb, so you don't get sued for taking selfies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So if that wasn't a thing, can you imagine just like the legal clusterfuck it would be to own smartphones? Yeah, I can't imagine how many different people I have in the background of my like, holiday photos and stuff. Yeah, and that's the general rule with thumb. Like, I, I, and there's weird specific rules about it. Like, if you are filming for commercial reasons, then you have to get like people to sign like liability waivers and things. But that's only if they appear in like you know a direct foreground role. Whereas like people in the background, there's, again, there's no expectation of privacy, and. Um, that leads into, you can avoid that by wearing a mask. <laughs> so if yeah. you want to avoid this happening to you, wear a fucking mask. Yeah. And then don't yell at people who are wearing masks. Oh, God. Just be a nice person and be courteous of other people. You don't even need to be a nice safety. person. You just just don't be a screaming, raging knob. Well, yeah. Just, yeah. Don't e- You don't even have to make an effort. Just, even if you just avoid everybody else in the fucking world... That's better than what these people are doing. Well, it's literally, you've got to make the exact opposite of an effort because a lot of these stories are people going out of their way to be a prick. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in their, this, all of their woes and all of their ills would have been avoided if they'd just done nothing. Like, there was one that went viral a few weeks ago. It was, um, I think it was some young girls, like 14, 15 years old, just okay. recording themselves, just putting up Black Lives Matter signs yeah. along a wooded trail. Mm-hmm. Like, not harming anybody. No, like, no, It's well course, within yeah. anyone's rights to put up a sign saying that in a public area. Yeah. Like, you know, that also they're young. And, like, just, you know, trying to be more involved in, like, social issues, which is something that's recommended. And then for some reason, this older man in his 40s or 50s just decided that I'm going to come over and yell at both of these girls. Oh, for fuck's sake. And threaten them with violence. Because that's a thing that I'm going to spend my time doing today. And Lucas, do you want to guess what the ending to that story was? Did they get called the fuck out, Carl? Yeah, they, and then people, even though, like, I think as well, that guy was wearing a mask and he still got found out and he got fired. Yeah, good. And he could have avoided that by just not doing that. If he'd done nothing, he would have still like, had his job and not yeah, been. He'd still be a prick, but he'd have his job. Out. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I never feel bad about any of these stories because a lot of the time it is the person went out of their way to antagonize another individual. Yeah. And this is just a response. Like, literally, if they'd have just done nothing, nothing would have happened. Mm-hmm. Like, if they would have stood completely still, if they'd have just stayed home or walked on by, they'd have been fine. Not like, all the stories you have about people like screaming at cashiers being asked to wear a mask. If they just left, like this, okay, I'll take my business elsewhere. Oh yeah, and just left. But no, the fact that they chose to stay and directly antagonize another person 
is the reason that their lives are being pulled apart. And then you and get videos of like them kicking off and going, well, this is like, you know, a free country. It's like outside it is. This is private fucking property. Get out. Like, and, that's what makes the, and that's what makes them so deliciously, deliciously um, Moorish. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever get tired of reading those stories. Like, oh, probably ever. not. Probably not. Because it's just, it's, Again, it's probably not the healthiest thing to like, <laughs> like to like just consume a mass. But like, there's just something just so, so wholesome in a way. There's horrible people getting a comeuppance. And yeah, and sometimes that, especially right now, is just what you need to see. And there is um, the like subreddit that I click on every now and then of just instant yes. karma. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say a different one. No, is, no, is just it? like the instant karma subreddit of just videos. For example, of like. A dickhead on the road, and the cops immediately come and pull them over. Like seconds yeah, those later, are, those are great. Yeah, and um, there's a couple of subreddits I recommend for people who want a bit of um, that lovely Schadenfreude, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly because I say it so confidently. <laughs> and it is choosing beggars. Oh yeah, um, which for people who are wondering is just a collection of stories and screenshots of just people acting like entitled asses mm-hmm. to creators or people selling stuff. And um, it's like uh, an example that springs to mind, and one that I'll always remember because it's just it's so dumb. Is a person who's like, like when you're selling something on yeah. a store, it's like oh, it's the responses they get of people trying to haggle mm-hmm. and just like you know undersell them and just act like a, a, a generally awful person because of it. Mm-hmm. My favorite example of that is um, a guy's selling, I think, uh, some stupid thing for a couple of dollars. And the response he gets from someone is, oh, so what can we do about this price then? To which the seller responds, dude, it's $2. Yeah. And I want to bring a few of them up now because these always make me laugh. Okay, and while you do that, I, I want to mention one to where it's like, oh, um, literally, I'm I'm getting rid of, like I think one was like a trampoline for free. For if free, If someone yeah. can come and pick it up. Oh, okay. And then they just get the message of like, Oh, um, I know it's free. Can you come and deliver it to my house, please? It's like, for fuck's sake. And then that will usually go into, well, yeah, I guess so. Oh, or, or if they say no, okay then, um, well, how much are you going to pay me for fuel? What yeah. do you mean? Are you going to pay me fuel for picking up the thing? It's like, dude, it's free. I'm offering you something that costs quite a lot of money for free. Just take it off my hands, please. It's like, oh, God damn it. And that's not good enough for people. Yeah, uh, so we've got to have a look. So let's try and find a couple of examples. And now we're becoming one of those YouTube pages, which is like my, one of my biggest pet peeves, <laughs> is those YouTube channels that literally just go on to re- subreddits and just read out things. Yeah. But this is a podcast, so I guess it's different. I, gu- I guess so. Have you found anything juicy for us, Carl? Uh, yes. So uh, so it's a we- it's just a conversation between us. Hun, if you go lower, I'll literally buy today. Uh, 25 including delivery then. It's a £90 sweatshirt, which is basically brand new. The highest I can pay is £23 as I'm a student, hon. Really want this, though. Person's response, I'm not fucking uni days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are so fucking oh, good. I love them. It's because, like, just, you know these people. We've all dealt with this kind of person. Yeah, we have, yeah. Of, like, I demand to have it for free. And that's the worst is when it's like, I need you to go lower on price. Okay, I'll drop my price down. Yeah, but you didn't drop it low enough. 
Or I want the work for free. Yeah. I don't want to give you the work for free. Your work's shit anyway. I don't care. Yeah. Um, or can I buy your art? Yeah, it'll be $100. I want it for five. You can't have it for five. It costs 100 Well, I didn't want it anyway. There's an interaction here over a microwave, which is listed as free in Ottawa, Canada. Hello, this is Gary talking. Hello, is this still available? Address, please. Yes, I'm in Almia. Gary responds, okay, I can't go there just for a microwave unless you pay me $25 for gas. <laughs> response, I don't even know how to respond to you right now. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing, and it does get a little bit samey, yeah. admittedly, which is why this is one of those subreddits that I only go on periodically. Exactly, yeah. That's just to read the, the top responses to, over the last couple of weeks. It, yeah. they're, they're, you know, cream rises to the top. So I, just, I want to just get the good ones. Mm-hmm. So I want to pick and choose at my choosing beggars. I'm literally going to choose what I want from this. I just want, I just want the, the creme de la creme. I want the juiciest morsels when I do this. Oh, God. Uh, I, oh, yeah, here's a classic one. Uh, hey, I saw the free dishwasher you have on Craigslist. I live um, nearby, though have you got anything else to throw in to make it worth my time? Guy responds, I'll tell you what, I'll knock half off the asking price. It's free. Like, like, what person goes, right, it's like, free. I, I appreciate the offering me a free dishwasher, but what else do I get? It's like, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's the thing. And it must work, clearly, because that's why people who have this mindset do it. And we've already discussed like an element of that like, entitlement of the reason you get people screaming at cashiers yeah. for a discount or saying, like, just whatever the fuck, because they feel entitled because they know it works. Mm-hmm. Like they know that if they stand there and make a scene and scream and huff long enough, eventually they'll get what they want because a lot of people, it's not worth their time to deal with you. It's easier to just give you what you want and then just make a note not to deal with you again. And yeah. We're very, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good now that we're living in a site where that's slowly becoming, nah, fuck you. And no, just, just before no. lockdown happened, I had a, like a, a fun example of this. That it was like, okay, go for it. Um, I remember just getting a phone call at the restaurant, and it was like, okay, oh, you know, I've got a problem. I was like, oh, what, what's what's happened, sir? It's like, right, well, um, I was in with my family, and we had mm-hmm. like meals that added up to like a hundred pounds or whatever it was. And he's mm-hmm. like, and we were all sitting at the table, and we all left to go to the cinema next door to grab tickets while we were eating our meals. So already okay. a bit sketchy. A bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want um, a full reimbursement for all of my meals, please. So I was just like, right, I'll pass you on to my manager and explain to him. And I just saw like the smile on my manager's face when I passed him the phone. And okay. he was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And I just, you know, before I left, heard a little bit of the conversation and I came back and picked up the phone. And it was like, Oh yeah, well uh, the guy wasn't very happy when I asked like for him to prove it with a receipt or something, mm-hmm. and he was just like, apparently on the phone, go, what do you need? I need a receipt. He's like, well, of course I'll happily you know reimburse you if you've lost all your food or whatever. And um, when did you come in yesterday? Have you got a receipt, anything to just prove you were in the restaurant? And the guy apparently just flipped on him on the phone. Like, so no, how fuck dare you. you. How dare you ask me to prove all of this shit? It's like, you just called us up and went, mate, give us like 100 quid. It's like, well, have you got any proof? Well, no, but fuck you, why would you ask for proof? And my manager was like, yeah, I bet he's just going to put the phone down, 
call up another restaurant and he blatantly gets away with it and just tries it. Yeah, because event like every now and again it's about it's not worth the hassle of dealing with on the phone or you coming down to the restaurant to make a scene. Exactly, yeah. And uh, reminds me a little bit of his uh it's, it's one of those unethical life hacks, but uh, they're talking to a guy who lived on the street. It's an episode of a TV show about homelessness. Mm-hmm. And there's just, they had this guy who was, like, who was formerly homeless, and he's talking about it. Like, so what did you do when you were like, desperate for food and money? And he's like, look, I'm not proud of it, but uh, a pro tip for anyone out there, if you ever find yourself in such a desperate situation, go into McDonald's and tell them, look, I came in last week, I had a burger, it was horrible. Yeah. And they'll give you a free one. Because most of the time, like, it's not worth the hassle. Yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. says, "Don't take the piss. Just say like, I had a burger last week. It wasn't very nice." And company policy is just to give you a free one as an apology. And as you say, it, this is a guy that he's admitting, "Look, look, I'm not proud of this. This was when I was down on my luck and I didn't really have any other options." It's not telling people, "Oh yeah, everyone just walk in and go get free burgers." No. Like, yeah. This guy needed to find ways to fucking survive. Yeah, and we've got a a, a more a Mac a, a a bigger example of that from a friend, a mutual friend of ours who works for uh, Cadbury's. Yes, it? yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't work for them, but he's got connections to that company. Mm-hmm. And for a brief while, um, he was um, allowed to like sit in on the complaints department. Yeah, and he told us that. And again, this is unethical as fuck, but it's it's company policy that. And the complaints department keeps a running tab of every single person who complains. Yep. And it is company policy too. If you call up without any, and if you complain about any product that they sell, and to send you another one, no questions asked as a replacement. I think it yeah. was like, yeah, oh, if you, com- you know, if you complain about a chocolate bar, we'll send you out a few more. Yeah, uh, regardless of what your complaint is, even if you don't have the original thing anymore. If you just call up and say, I had a chocolate bar, it wasn't very nice. Yep. They will literally just send you a new one. And he said, uh, and all they do is they ask for your name and your address so they can you know, send it out to you. What they do is they add that to a master list. And they cr- and every time you com- ring up to complain about it, they cross-reference, have you been on the master list before? Mm-hmm. And he ended up asking, so how many times does someone do this before you realize they're taking the piss? Oh, until we sent them about £200 worth of product. Yeah. Yeah, so you can literally complain until you get £200 worth of free chocolate, and it's only after they've given you that much free stuff will the company stop sending you it. Mm -hmm. And when you realise that, you can see how lucrative doing that could be if you just spent an entire day doing it. I'm sure there's people that do spend entire yeah. days doing it. If you spent an entire day just calling around various big companies, like Joe's... Like um, customer relations numbers on the backs of every product sold. Yeah. Just to call them up and just get through to a person on the end of the line and just complain. Most of the time, because I'm guessing a lot of companies have a similar policy of it's not worth the negative press or our time to argue with you, just send them a free one to shut them up. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, time is money. And if your time is worth more than like the two chocolate bars you're going to send them, just fucking like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and Get you out. can already see just from that description of, yeah, up to £200 worth of stuff before we start saying, can you start sending us in proof of what you're claiming? Yeah. And if you're doing that to multiple different you can make so much stuff. And, uh, and I feel yeah. that's a bit unethical to, um, uh, like, leave people on. Because that, that is a bad thing. I don't want to encourage people to do that because, yeah, it just leads to the same kind of behaviour we've been, like, making fun of for the past hour. 
So I'll counter that by saying uh, the same companies usually um, are empowered to, if you write in or call up with a compliment, mm-hmm. they're usually advised to do the same thing. Yes, they are. Like, uh, uh, because it, it, that happens a lot rarely because not many people go out of their way to compliment something. Um, but uh, like something I've heard from people in customer relations roles is if people just call up and say, oh, I like I bought one of your products and it was really nice. I just wanted to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's company policy again to say, oh, well, if you have your address, we'd be happy to send you some vouchers or a free product or something like that. Yeah. So at the same time, being nice will also get you free stuff. And to my knowledge, there's no upper limit on the free stuff you get by being nice. But there is a very hard, definitive limit on the stuff you'll get by being a dick. Yeah, and I will say working in a restaurant for many years, like, I know for a fact, okay, well, you know, say for example, Nando's, wherever I worked, like, if someone says, look, I've got a problem with my meal, generally speaking, the response is, okay, we'll sort your problem out. You'll get fixed, no questions asked. Yeah, and that, you know, one time you will. Um, so if they complain five times about a meal, back and forth, blah, 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 things start to get a bit different. But yeah, yeah generally speaking, if you're an asshole about it, it'll be, right, we'll get that sorted for you. And that'll be it. You'll get the replacement, job's done. But, but if you're very polite once. about it, yeah. and you're very nice to the customers, and like, you know, if I deal with someone and I'm like, oh no, I sat them down, they're really nice, they're very genuine and like they've been very polite when they've complained about the meal. It's like, oh right, okay, we'll sort them out with some free desserts and like knock off the drinks from the bill and stuff like that. And therein lies the the extra hidden bit of tech about this where it's not a binary decision. Like you can complain about something but in a nice way. Yeah. Like uh, that thing of like ringing up to just complain frivolously will get you some stuff and that's presumably why this behaviour exists because it does work because a lot of companies will just, yeah, just shut you the fuck up. But um, that then engenders that kind of attitude and results in people using it in all walks of life and against individuals and small businesses who maybe don't have these policies or the time and effort to bother placating you. Exactly, yes. Whereas like just being nice, um, even if it's while you're complaining, will generally result in you getting more stuff overall. And it's Exactly, nice because be. generally speaking... If you're getting a complaint or a compliment or whatever, people want to encourage the behaviour of you being a nice person, so they'll give yeah. you more for it. And I've seen it in the restaurant um, where I used to work, where it was if someone said, um, "Just oh, that was really nice, you just tell the chef, I really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And the chef would be like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, ask them if they'd like any dessert. We've just cooked off some brownies or something <laughs> like that. And it's not a guaranteed way to get stuff. No, it's not. But it's certainly like you know better than being a dick. And at the very least, you make the chef's day, and the chef feels nice, and the chef has a good day, and it puts them in like a bit of spring in their step for the next it few just hours. It spreads a bit of positivity. But then I've had the people who do it, and they're not genuine about it, which I think is like, if you're going to do this, you've got to be genuine. Because I have had people, oh, that was really nice. I really enjoyed that. Okay, well, I'll tell the chef. And then you come out and he goes, so to get a discount then? Which I've had happen. Oh, God, and no. What do you mean? Well, I'll, a discount for liking the food. So like, why would you get a discount for liking the food? <laughs> Or when they've like, how would businesses nice, work? Or they've been nice once, and as a result, got like, oh, we um, the chef has made you a dessert. Yeah. And then they come in the next time and expect to get a free dessert again. And so no, it was a one-time thing. So the chef was like, you know, he was happy, and we had it spare, and he just wanted to say thank you. It's not something you now get every time you come in, and then they get mad about it. And it's like, oh, so you weren't genuinely being nice. You just you wanted to get something out of us. 
Yeah, I remember one time, um, like, a family came in and they were tourists and they came in, like, literally just before the restaurant closed and they were very polite and they were like, look, you're the only restaurant open, we're sorry for coming in, but we haven't really got anywhere else to go for any meal. And we were like, no, no, come in, whatever. And they, they ordered quite a lot, um, but we had quite a lot of stock spare. So we mm-hmm. just gave them a little bit of extra food. I'm just like, yeah, you've, look, you've, you, you've been really polite. You've been really nice. You're spending a lot of money and we've got it. It's going to go to waste. But then the next day they came in the same time of night and we were very low on stock. And then it was, well, where's our extra food? And it's for fuck's sake. Yeah, we did never. a nice thing because we had it spare. And then they and came I, in the next day go, well, where's our free food again? I had the exact same thing where it was, one, I think I've told the story about it. One guy would come in the restaurant I worked at for his lunch. Mm-hmm. And it was a quiet day and he was there with a couple of other people. Yeah. And he was looking at the menu and we had a two for 12 offer. It's like, you've got two things on the menu, starter and a main or a main and dessert. And like, it's obviously it's a set menu because that's how restaurants work. Yeah. And then we have other stuff like off our a la carte menu. So if you want specifically in their generally larger portions, which is why they cost a little bit more and why we can't offer them in this deal. And he looked and went, I don't really fancy anything on this menu. Could I replace one of the options with a burger? Mm-hmm. I looked around the restaurant. I'll tell you what, I'll ask the chef. It's, it's quiet. He might do it as a favor, but I'm not saying it's guaranteed. So in which case, is there something else you'd, you'd like? And he went, yeah, can I have this with this, this, and this? So then I went in, the chef went, he looked and went, it's, it's quiet. There's a couple of burgers spare. We're probably not going to sell them by end of the day. Yeah. Fuck it, I'll do him a burger. Just tell him he'll get a smaller portion of chips or something like that. Yeah, went, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Went out told the guy, yeah, get a smaller portion of chips. Went, okay, cool, fine. The guy comes in the following week, asks for the same offer. Went, can I get a burger and can I get this? And we have to charge those separately, sir. Uh, but you did them as a two for 12 last time. Yeah, I did, and that's you know, it's chef's discretion. Um, we haven't got any spare burgers today. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to speak to your manager. And then complain to the manager of like, oh, he's charging me for both of these things. Went, well, that's right, because there's separate menus. But he didn't charge me for them last time. yeah. To which the manager goes, oh, he wasn't supposed to do that. That's, he's not supposed to give away, or he hasn't got the authority to make um, decisions like that. And I got fucking reamed by my manager. And it's like, and it oh, was only when, doing something nice. It's like, it was yeah, only when right. the chef stepped in and went, look, it was my, I made the decision. He asked me and I said yes. Mm-hmm. And the chef took like, oh, he helped me out on that one. But I just thought, what a prick. Yeah. I did something nice for that guy. And his response wasn't, oh, what a, what a genuine thing. I appreciate it. It's like, no, okay, now that's just the... It's not. It's no longer me going above and beyond. That's just now the norm. Exactly. And yeah. that's what they expect. And you have to be careful when it is. And it's, you can never predict whether someone is being genuine or if like, they're going to have that mindset of, okay, so now this is just how it is. Yeah, and it's very hard to uh, determine that just off, you know, face value of meeting this customer for, what, two mm. minutes? It's, it's a hard hard thing to to be able to judge but yes the people who aren't genuine often come back for more and the shame that i had with that is i had to stop doing that because i'd often done it before like you're not really supposed to like mix and match on orders but like, if it's quiet and the person's being nice i wouldn't mind i'd like the chef's like oh, fuck it the chef was told don't do that again yeah yeah because that guy complained and he was very he very publicly complained when the restaurant was busier and it so... made us look bad because he sat there yelling at the manager as many things are often, it's like one person, swan, ruins, it one person ruined it for everybody else. Yeah, because up until that, it's the same thing where we used to have, um, 
Like I've told her we used to wait have coffee and orange juice and things like that on shift. Mm-hmm. And we were like, the managers were fine with us having coffee and all that stuff until one person started taking the piss and like taking coffee home with them. Yeah, always the way. Like, like they'd come in off their shift, uh, make a coffee and then go to college or yeah. whatever. Or they'd like make it at the end of a shift, but they make like a massive like fucking giant bottle of it up mm-hmm. to take home and put in their freezer and make iced coffee. Oh God. And because they're taking the piss, now we're not allowed to have coffee. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a nice thing we do with people on shift. It's like, you're not allowed to have it anymore because people are taking the piss. One fucker came in and ruined it for everyone. And it was the thing of like, oh yeah, you're allowed to have like juice and cordial and things like that. And someone took that to me and I can just take the entire bottle of cordial home. Because oh, it's well, free. Yeah, it's free. It's, it's free. Yeah, it's free when you're on shift. But someone took that to mean I can just take cordial out of the stock cupboard and take it home. It's like, no, that's just theft. <laughs> yeah, that's taking stock. Yeah. And again, it ruined it for everyone because then we can no longer have coffee. You're only allowed to have water on shift. Mm-hmm. And I said, fuck that, and I'd have coffee anyway. Because like, I work, I'm working a 12-hour shift and I'm having a fucking <laughs> cup of coffee. And then it always think, well, why is Carl allowed to have coffee? Because he's worked here for a year. And we know and we trust Carl. We don't trust you. And then it's like, oh, and I feel like a dick. Yeah, I no, often I'm getting, get I'm that. getting my coffee. I've earned the right to have my coffee. And it's like, I often get statements of like, um, well, I, I've i been working there for like nearly five years and I'm like a shift leader and um, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll like make a comment to a manager of like, oh, maybe we should do this instead. And they'll go, oh yeah, okay. It's like, well, why are you I, listening why to Lucas? Did, why did they listen to you? It's because like, I've fucking been here for five years. You've been here for three months. Have you had the thing yet as well? Um, where you've gone in for food or something like that mm-hmm. and the person served you or something like that and then you had someone who's been there a few weeks asked I did at the restaurant before um, where I just like, asked the chef oh can I get something to eat for lunch yeah and the chef made me something to eat and then someone who'd been working there for a couple of weeks went can I have something to eat he's like no well why'd you give it to Carl because he's worked here longer and he's been here since 6am, you yeah. just got on shift. Yeah. I know Carl's not eating because he's been working with me for the past like five hours. <laughs> what what makes you think? And it's like that mindset of, oh, he's getting something for free, so I should have it too. Mm-hmm. And they ignore the fact that the reason they're getting it is because like, I've been there for like s- several hours prior. It's like, no, I want free stuff too. Oh, God. And then you can fold that back into like that lady. Like, oh, that guy got a hundred grand tip. That's partly mine. Yep, I'm the reason that they got the tip. And I'm guessing you didn't get tips at Nando, so you've probably not experienced the thing of people demanding your tips. Um, It's more the way of, like, in Nando's, they have, like, tip things at the front and they go towards staff nights out and free drinks for us and stuff. That's fair enough, because I used to have to deal with the thing of um, people demanding my tips. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we generally had two ways of doing it, where there was a tip jar... Yeah, and then tips given to you, in person. Yeah, yeah. And there was a there was like an unspoken understanding that if someone gave a tip at the end of the meal, with like you know their menu, that goes into the like the staff pot. But if someone gives you the tip, like they physically hand it to you and say this is for you, which didn't happen as much, but it happened a lot with me because I was very personable. Yeah, and I like getting tips because I like to I liked having money. Uh, that was understood. That that's yours. Yeah, I remember and once I had... um, there was somebody who got given like a £20 note because basically he was very polite, sorted out a table for um, a family who had a, a, like a child in a wheelchair and was super accommodating, super nice and went over and took their order, which you don't normally do, it's like self-service, and really helped them out. 
And like this family was so grateful, they handed it to this person and went, This is for you, thank you for your help. And then other mm. members of staff were, were meant to share tips. It's like, yeah, but you I, didn't put that effort in. I had that all the fucking time because like I am contrary to my abrasive personality, uh, when I'm working, customer is king. Yeah. Uh, I'm silver service trains. I am a consummate fucking professional when it comes to um, uh, like working behind a bar or a restaurant. And I would earn many, many, just a fiver here, a tenner there mm-hmm. every night, especially when the restaurant was busy. I, it's really easy to get tips because all you got to do is just be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice totally. restaurant. People are there for a good time. You make sure they have a good time, generally they'll like, you know, reward you for that. And I had multiple occasions where at the end of a shift, I would just have like 20, 30 quid in my back pocket. So what I'd do is like, you're not allowed to keep change on you. Mm-hmm. I would put it to the side and I would like, every time I got one, I'd tell the manager, look, this is a tip. Because usually the manager's desk was right next to the till. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'd always say, this is for you. And I'd say to the manager, James, Blanche, whatever my manager I had on that day, this is being side map for me. I'll put it here next to the till. And they say, yep, yeah, that's yours, Carl. End at shift, I go and pick it up. So like, Carl's taking tips. So I know he earned that. When? Yeah. We're supposed to, and again, we're supposed to share it. It's like, no, and the manager would have to confirm, no, that was given to Carl. I saw it and they had to confirm that it happened. Oh, God. And it would happen multiple times per week. And it's like, yeah, but Carl earned that, but I want a split of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, get your... I, and I, manage- I understand the reason why, like, um, I think tips should, like, generally speaking, there should be a system where tips can be split, like, as you said, if they're not explicitly given to you, because back of house don't see any of that shit. Yeah, they were. And they're they still were, working hard. They're working they hard. They were pulled. That's what they were. So the ones that were, like, given or like, on big events. Yeah. Uh, generally, there was a gratuity added of like, like 10, 15%, and that mm-hmm. was split amongst all the staff, and it'd be added to our wages at the end of the month, and that was um, divided on hours worked. And the problem I had with that, and this is a legitimate fucking thing, and it pissed me off when I found it out, because it's almost like I discovered like a year after working there, mm. is that I was always under the assumption that tips were pulled and then shared based on hours worked. Right, yeah. Which is how it did work, but what I didn't realize is, is that every member of staff was included in that calculation including salaried members of staff, oh, which included the managers. Yeah. So the managers, every month, were getting the lion's share of the tips because they were salaried to work 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So on top of their salaries, which is the reason they got... Like, and when you're salaried, that's why you're salaried. It's like, you know, you don't have to rely on gratuities. Yep. As opposed to, I thought, oh, it's just for, you know, the part-time staff. That the the people working on an hourly basis, yeah. And the incentive there is the more hours you work, the bigger your percentage of this cut will be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. And I found this out because um, one of my good managers had told me that she had categorically refused this um, gratuity every single time and had always returned it because she felt so disgusted by the fact that was the system and had actively complained every single time mm-hmm. she saw the other managers taking their cut. And Man. I found out after a year when I was helping do like the books one evening. I'd be so pissed off if I found yeah, out. Yeah, because that meant that no matter how many hours you worked in a month, mm-hmm. the majority of the tips would go to the two managers who were happy to take it and the head chef. Yeah, all yeah, of, yeah. All of whom were the, were the only three full salaried people there. So they were all on like 50, 60 grand a year. And on top of that, they were getting Fucking their hell. bonuses and their overtime and the extra gratuities. And That's I know, why I never felt bad about taking my 20 quid. Yeah, I know the way that like our restaurant did it was... Uh, so we have a few people that uh, like vol- volunteer to become uh, like staff reps, mm-hmm. and what they do is they're the ones that 
count up the tips. They're the ones that organize staff events. They're the ones that like use that money towards the staff events. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're like essentially the middleman to be there to make sure that none of that shit's getting abused. And it's just like, oh, okay, so we know we can sit there and open up like the tip jars ourselves and know that the managers aren't putting the fucking hands in it. Yeah. Which I, I don't think would happen in my particular restaurant. But yeah, you get a lot of shit situations like you're explaining where that does happen. And that wasn't even them putting their hands into the till. It was just like, oh, it's just this is the Well, I meant metaphorically. Expl- yeah, it was explained to everyone this season was. And just the assumption everybody, myself included, had was that, oh, yeah, it's the, specifically referring to, you know, bar waiting and um, portering staff. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone else is salaried. And it's like, nope. So what the managers are taking the lion's share every single month. Oh, God, that's baffling to me. No, that's why I never felt bad about taking my cooks. I fucking earned that shit. Yeah. And that's why it was really funny because you know, I've, I think I've told many stories before uh, about like, the bad manager I had who worked there, that mm. really salty one who like would always penny pinch. She was always the one who complained about me taking tips for myself because it wasn't fair. And I always wondered why she did that. Ah, oh, right, yeah. And it's the reason because she wanted like that. And the thing is, like, a, a £5 tip, that would amount to 40p on her paycheck. But Carl, if you it's add her those like P. five pounds up over the time, it's like, yeah, she's missing out on a fiver that month. Like she oh, was no, sat there when she's on 50, a salary, taking a fifty grand a year job where all she did was sit on her ass and post on Facebook, and she was mad that me busting my ass to get an extra fiver was going in my pocket and not hers. Yeah, and I always wonder why she was mad about that until I found that out about something. Like, oh. That's why she's pissed off. Yeah, every then it time she sees me, like, right. Every time she sees me taking that 20 quid, she's thinking that's 40p that I could be having right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck people like that. And it got me so mad. Rightly so. Because I earned that. I was really fucking good. Like, the story that always sticks in my head is we had a young a family, a family in with like young children, and I was really good at dealing with kids. It's a fancy restaurant, so a lot of people come in really... Like, hesitant to take kids to a fancy restaurant. Which yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Want, like, I'd say we did two for 12. That was our lunch off. Like, evening meals were like 25, 30 quid ahead. So not a, like, you know... An, it's not a cheap restaurant. <laughs> yeah, not a cheapish... Like, it's a nice place. Like, this is the kind of place... Like, we did really, really nice food. We had... Uh, our chef uh, was, like, I think a master chef of the UK or England. Like, he had a specific award for, like, being a master. He's sort of, like, decade in... France. Like, it was really, really fucking good, and the food we had was exceptionally um, uh, high quality because it was mm-hmm. all locally sourced from Sheffield and the surrounding area, fresh in every single day. Yeah. So good quality stuff. So it's what like, and like parents would often be like worried. So remember once distinctly, as a family came in, two young kids, and like my mum's like, Carl, you're good with the kids. Look after this like table for me. And I remember like the. Mum might apologise like before when I got to the table. Like took me to the side. And went, oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, my kids are really picky, and she was. You could tell she was doing that thing that when they're looking at the menu, and they're seeing it. She's like, oh no, my kids aren't going to eat anything on this menu. Yeah, my kids are going to kick up a fuss. And I, I, and I think I've told the story before about the special chicken nuggets. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. Which yeah. is, if people don't remember, the, if people are not familiar with the special chicken nuggets, what I would do to get the kids, because like, the easiest way to get a kid to like not act up in a restaurant is just make them feel like they're part of the experience. Because going out to a fancy restaurant is not about the food; it's about the theatrics. 
Like, yeah. You're not go, just going there for nice food. You're going there for the ambiance. Going there for like you know just it's the, the theatre of like having nicely. That's why the food's plated so nice. Yeah. That's why the, like, you have like the really like fancy stemware and like the plate settings and stuff. Like, you're there for the experience of dining, and I feel like a lot. The reason a lot of kids act always because they don't feel included in it. Mm-hmm. So after I'd taken all of the um, all of the adults on the table, I went to the kids and went, and what did you like today? Now, what would you want? <laughs> yeah. And I, and, I, and, I like my, and I went, I get the feeling that you'd like some chicken nuggets. Because mm. I love chicken nuggets. And, but the thing is, we don't do chicken nuggets here, but we can do special chicken nuggets. <laughs> and you see how like, the kids' eyes light up. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's so special? I'll tell you why they're special. It's because they'll be whatever shape you want them to be. And I'm like, what? And I, and I told the kids, like, you tell me what shape you want your chicken nuggets to be. And they'll come out in that shape. And they're going to be <laughs> your special chicken nuggets. So do you want your... Like, yeah, we want special chicken nuggets. And I, I think one kid asked for triangles, one kid asked for squares. Yeah, And when yeah. I went into the kitchen, I just told the chef, look, which what we do is like when you cook... For the kids' menu, we could cut up pieces of meat and they're like a deep fat fryer. Mm-hmm. So we can fry stuff up to order if we really want to. Can you please, just for my sake, cut some of the chicken up into triangles, cut some of it into squares? Please. That, yeah, a, a quick little me. thing to do. Yeah, and when you plate it up, can you plate it up really nice? Because like, I want the kids to feel like... Um, like it's special and the chef to his credit he like stacked up the chips really nicely mm-hmm. and he put all the triangles right and he put like Joe you know, the, the fancy sauce with the tomato sauce over the side yeah, yeah. and like made it look really fancy and really nice and when I took it out to the kids like and here we are special chicken nuggets and it's all set up all fancy because and then they looked over their parents food which is similarly plate and look, look how fancy and nice your food looks and the kids like they ate it up they loved it oh yeah of course they do yeah and it's like when I'm getting them drinks as well it's like oh to get them some cordial and I asked them, so do you want your cordial out of one of the special glasses, like your parents? Because obviously the parents got the really big wine glasses. Yeah. And I'll be, if, I'm a, if I was a kid, I'd be pissed off if like, I want to drink a juice and it comes in a fucking tumbler and my parents get to drink it. So I went, would you like one of your drinks out of a fancy glass? Yeah. So I went into the back room and got the stuff out for cocktail making. Oh, right, The yeah, really yeah. big, massive brandy glasses. The huge, massive, like, <laughs> um, wide bottom ones. Got, like, one of them. And then like a really tall one for mojitos. Yeah. And made the juice in them and then put a couple of slices of lemon and lime and things like that. Don't cost any fucking extra. But it makes it look really fancy and then put like three straws in. Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. So it's just like this huge big, like it looks stupid, but the kids are looking, oh, this is the best thing ever. Because it's got fruit <laughs> exactly. everywhere. And like put a few strawberries around the edge of the rim. <laughs> like, oh, and then like some syrup in it. So it's like, you know, different colored. So like there's the red syrup on top and then the cordial on the bottom. So it's multicolored. So it was cocktail. Cost no extra, it just took an extra minute or so to prepare. Kids' eyes lit up, they were quiet for like 20 minutes straight as they're just drinking this drink and like eating all the fruit around the edge. Yeah, yeah. And I got a, I think I ended up getting like a 20 quid tip off that family because their kids just didn't like make a peep the entire evening. And, and the that's next how you day, it. Yeah, and the next day we got a lovely phone call. Like I was not in work that day, but I come in like the next time I came in. Like, oh yeah, that. Do you remember that family you said the other day? Oh, yeah, yeah, They called up to specifically ask us to thank you because their kids have not shut up about how good that <laughs> meal was and they can't wait to come back and visit the family members they were visiting to come back to this restaurant. Yeah. And they're asking, if we do, can we rec- like, can we get Carl to serve us again? <laughs> and I never, unfortunately, they never came back as long as I worked there, so I never got to serve that family again. Oh, man, they came back the next time. It's like, is that, that lovely guy still here? It's like, nah, Carl's, he's, yeah, he's no, making Carl's fucking quit. YouTube videos now. <laughs> Well, like just that little action of it's like make like make the kids feel like yeah this you're included in this night. Yeah, for sure. And I like when families go out 
they want to have a meal and an experience as a family. Yeah, and I always felt so bad for the kids at those nights when I'd seen it. Like, oh, we do do a kids menu. Like, we don't have it listed, but we can do chips. We can do, like, fish fingers and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just looked like be a plate of chicken nuggets and then have, like, a glass of juice. Like, they don't feel like they're part of the evening. They don't feel like they're included. Mm-hmm. So I'd always make sure that, like, you know, they got the big fancy glasses and I'd <laughs> say, do you want to use, like, the fancy cutlery? And I'd, like, especially when I'd get them served on the massive big plates... And stuff like that, so it looked really fancy, and then yeah. bring it out. It was like that little bit of like extra attention, and I like, made it really worth it for them. That's always. And nice. then I remember, and then I just thought in my head of like when I get complained, why is Cal getting that tip? And like that's why I'm getting fucking tips. <laughs> I'm going the extra goddamn you mile. You goddamn earned it, Cal. I've not earned it now. Boo, boo me. Oh man. But I always remember the special chicken nuggets, man. That's like a highlight of Carl's life right there. It was, just a, it was such a stupid thing. But often, like, those are the moments that stick out. Yeah. And as like, much as, like, yeah, you know, for the most part, waiting jobs and stuff like that aren't the, the greatest, but moments like that really stick out and make you fondly remember it a bit more. Yeah, it's because like it was the fact that the family called up the next day to specifically yeah, yeah. thank me for making the evening. Because, like, the kids had apparently spent the entire next day, because I think they were over visiting family or something like that, mm. talking about the restaurant they went to the day before and the special food that they'd gotten and how nice <laughs> it was and that they want to come back to go back to that restaurant. It's like, oh, man, that makes it, that really does make me feel better. Yeah, in moments like that, yeah, they do. I mean, not always, but they at least help to make the job totally worth they it. They do. And I do remember like, the absolute um, best tip I ever got. I think it was like, a, like I think £30. So it wasn't, that was how it sticks out in my head because it was like two notes. Yeah. It's not often you get a tip that's two notes. It's not, it's not. And it was because um, it was a table of um, women. Mm -hmm. And I've been been like, you know, you've got to work the chair, you've got to schmooze. Oh, obviously, yeah. And I remember when um, there was a comment, they filled in a comment card. Mm. You had had comment cards on the thing. And I remember I opened it up and I was at the, I went, I'll take this over to the till and um, to come over and pay when you're ready. And while I opened it, opened it on the comment card, and it said something I'm not quite sure what it was, but it's like, oh, uh, Carl was wonderful, would recommend him any time. Yeah, yeah. And when she came over, I just, like, jokingly said, oh, uh, would you mind if I use this as my Tinder profile? <laughs> and, like, the, like the, she was so taken aback and blushed so hard. Like, they like all the women just pulled money together and gave me, like, this tip, like, yes! Yeah. Because it's like they obviously they're like, oh, like, he's been really attentive. But uh, they all laugh so hard that they like clearly they were going to give me a twenty quid tip. They chucked an extra five or something in there. For I was like, yes, yeah, just because I'd made that moment and I'd like made them laugh. But yeah, I remember that one. My girlfriend at the time was very mad when I I think I posted on Facebook about it as a joke. Because <laughs> I, I took a picture of the thing. I'm like, oh yeah, would recommend Carl anytime. It's like here's my new Tinder profile, and she got very very mad. Oh so, like, god, on Tinder. It's like it's a joke. I make uh, yeah. jokes for a living. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I just remember just having that because it was post. We used to have a wall where we post all the positive reviews. And that's just Carl's, like, just badge of honour right there. Yeah, the one that just says, Carl was wonderful, would recommend him many times. <laughs> just kept, I, just, I just point it out because my girlfriend works at a restaurant with me. I just kept pointing at it. <laughs> and she said, shut up. She wasn't happy. That doesn't sound like it, I'm not going to lie. 
So <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> I love working in a restaurant so much because like moments like that, if you could just I could be um, just like an inflated like uh, not inflated an exaggerated version of myself. Yeah, yeah, I know. What and you it mean. was really fun in that regard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the definite definite downsides to it. There are, but yeah, moments so, like that make it fun. And it's usually though the reason it's not fun is because of like the people that we just started this podcast talking about. Like, does they seemingly go out of their way to just make other li- other people's lives difficult? Yeah. So please don't be like you know the uh, what was it Gammon and Karens of the world. Gammon. Oh my, Gammon's the best one. Yeah. So please don't do that. Please be the nice people who like leave like, nice like comments Gammon, and leave like, a tip. And I hope people appreciate going out for a meal a bit more after this fucking lockdown. You know they're not gonna. They're not gonna. I bet no. you most people are not gonna. Like, it's, it's an be... entitlement. It's not a treat. That's how people see it. Yeah, they don't see like going out for a meal or something that's like a treat for themselves. Like, no, I I deserve to do this. This is for me. And it's I nice. wish that um, you know, what it, you know, I wish there was a mentality shift towards oh maybe these like lower rung jobs are more like essential and appreciated than we've made out in the past but i don't think many people are going to change their mentality no and it's a shame hopefully i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong because i'd love i do i'd love to see a bit of a shift towards like respecting those like careers a bit more we've discussed it before haven't we about how we'd hope that um just the way the world has been the last couple of weeks and months would give at the very least some perspective on like not taking things for granted um, and appreciating just the work and effort that goes into creating the world that we all live in. You'd hope so, but then again, like no mask was apparently trending on Twitter this morning. So yeah, as we, it's just yeah, I, asking people, can you make the most minor compromise? to your everyday life. And if you do this, we can get back to society as we know it. The world can continue to run, albeit in a limited, slightly different way. No. That's too much. That's too much to ask. Can you just care about other people more than not at all? No. And it's, we're only asking for it temporarily as well. That's the thing, yeah, it's not even permanent. No. No, none of that. Oh, and you know what? Those kind of people would not get the special chicken nuggets. <laughs> they don't deserve special chicken nuggets. Do you know what they can fucking get? Nothing. They get nothing. <laughs> They'd be the kind of people where I'd tell the chef to give them a smaller portion. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because uh, we can end on that. Because that's something I used to like. Um, I was, I, like I said, I prided myself on being a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. But that also entailed um, being incredibly sarcastic. Because something you can get away with um, when you are very prim and proper in your job is you can be sarcastic but have plausible deniability about it. That's all you need, just the deniability. Because if you act, uh, if like the way your behaviour is described, when it's done in a neutral sense, sounds fine. Mm-hmm. I believe I've talked before about when I would get complaints from people. Like, I believe this, like your member of staff was very cheeky to me. I was like, what did he say? Oh, he asked me if he could help. Like, I remember, like, um, an old bloke giving me a load of shit about um, I was being cheeky to him. Yeah. 
because um, like I was offering him something from the menu. Oh no, sorry, it was I offered him something from the menu, brought it over, and he didn't like it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Didn't like it, so I took it away from him. And I told him, "Look, sir, if you don't want it, I've got to take it away." Yeah, yeah, the classic. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm going to eat it. So he, he like, you know, force-fed it down his gob. <laughs> and at the end of the meal, it was, okay, I'm still going to have to charge you for it. And that's why he got pissed off. And, like, I don't. and then he just like went off on one. I was like, why are you charging me for this? And I went, sir, if it was that bad, why did you eat it? Yeah, always. And, and then he complains to my manager. And then he comes up. He was very cheeky to me. What did he say? We asked me why I didn't complain about the food when I was eating it. And why I ate it if I didn't like it, to which my manager said, well, why did you? <laughs> and even though I said it in that really sarcastic way, I thought, well, why did you eat it then? Because, like, you can't really prove that I was being sarcastic in that regard. So anyway, uh, what I would, like, that plausible deniability allowed me to just be just that little bit of a dick to people I could just tell on site were going to be difficult or just mm-hmm. weren't pleasant. Uh, for example, when you had groups of people come in and there was that one person you could tell just wasn't like thought they were above oh yeah, yeah, yeah. staff like um the easiest way to tell is if they look at you when they make their order uh, that was usually my way of telling so when i was taking someone's order if the person when i asked them okay and what would you like sir if they refuse to look at me or acknowledge my presence that's usually a sign maybe this person isn't the nicest guy i would get so riled up by that i'm not gonna lie like Sometimes I've had it where, you know, people look down when I'm clearing the plates and like, yeah, it was fine, yeah, yeah. But if like I was full on stood there taking their order and they didn't look at me, I don't think I'd take the fucking order. Yeah, that happened a lot because it's fancy restaurants, so you get fancy people. And that would happen quite a bit. And what I would do is if that person was particularly blatant about it, because mm-hmm. usually it would it'd usually be a couple or it'd be like, you know, um, like a couple of couples, yeah. like three or four people. Like, you know, on a date or something, like a double date, you know, it's like a family or like a group of friends. And of course, yeah, friend, yeah. Or that, the partner doesn't want to do that. And like usually, and it's weird how like the opposites really do attract. Mm. Because generally in that, um, whoever they were with would be ever so apologetic and just really nice. Yeah, yeah. But then their partner is really gruff and standoffish. And what I would do is if that person happened to order the same meal as somebody else, I would tell the chef, uh, this guy, he's been a bit of a prick. Uh, do you mind just giving him a smaller portion or giving him a smaller <laughs> bit of fish? Yeah. And I'd make sure that when I went over and served the food, they would get the smaller bit of fish or the smaller portion. Yeah, of course. Not enough where it'd be noticeable. Like, not enough where you can see it's like it's deliberate, but enough where when you look at it next to the other ones, like they've got the big... You know, like when you're a kid... Oh and you, like, yeah, breaks yeah. chocolate bar in half, and you you like someone gets the bigger half. It's like it's not so much they're not getting so much extra that it's worth complaining about, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit annoying. It's like just that enough to grate on them a little bit. Yeah, and you know that they can't complain about it because it's as it comes. And yeah. I would always make sure I did that because I know in my head <laughs> that would annoy the person. Yeah, yeah. And that was just one of the little ways that I'd make like feel better about myself and just how I would get that little bit of revenge on those people. There's always little ways to do it and just get, yeah, or like, get your little um, moment. When they ask for a drink, like absolutely fill the glass up with ice. 
Like fill it all the way up to the top with ice and then so there's almost no water in it. Yeah. So when they take a drink, the water's almost gone immediately. <laughs> so they have to ask for another drink. That was another one. And then what I'd do is I would intentionally just walk past their table when they were when I could see them looking for around for water. Oh, and yeah. I'd eventually, they would get more water eventually, but I'd leave it just a little bit longer than I maybe would have done yeah. if, they, if they'd have um, like been nice or acknowledge my existence. Oh, and just the little things like that. So rude to oh, not can you br- even like, acknowledge a person. Like the one of, oh, can you bring me some sauce out? Oh, um, yeah. What we do, we put sauce in a ramekin. Just put one teaspoonful of sauce <laughs> in. So not enough to like, give as much as they want, but not too little where they can complain about it. Or just and do that- the uh, one that I did once. So, yeah, someone asked me to bring some sauce over. And I was like, you've been an asshole to me for like the last half an hour. And then I walked past the table a few times before they'd finished like, you know, two thirds of the meal. And they were like, oh, and then oh, bring in the can sauce. I get that sauce? And then I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I totally forgot about that. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, over. man. That's a, I never did that one. And it's yeah, just it was... like, yeah, just long enough for you to barely fucking need the sauce anymore. But like, yeah, I still I, like have that deniability of like, oh shit, I just forgot, yeah, sorry. that's me. That, because you're being professional and courteous. Like, you've yeah. got that. They can't, they can't prove that you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> so like, when, if they complain about it, it seems like they're the one that's overreacting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, like, they can't exactly go to my boss and say, he didn't give me enough sauce. Because then they seem like they're the one that's taking <laughs> yeah. it too like, it's seriously. Like, well, just ask for a bit more sauce then. I remember I had that multiple times where like someone did complain. I think it was about the sauce thing. Yeah. Where he asked for more sauce, so I brought him another teaspoon worth out. <laughs> and I did it like two or three times. And like he complained to my manager, like, he didn't bring me enough sauce. And well, we're sorry, sir. Um, maybe ask for more sauce. And it's like, I did twice. I remember after that table left, my manager turns to me, Carl, did you intentionally not give him enough sauce? I went, yeah. <laughs> Why? You spoke to him. He went, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that thing. Because it's it's such a minor thing, but it made me feel like so happy when I could see them. Like from my, the corner of my eyes, I'm like folding napkins or something. Like getting the teaspoon and scraping out every bit of sauce. And you can tell it's not enough. But they're too proud to admit that it's not enough. And I think the best part is when you see the type of person that has the reaction where it's like, oh no, I'm now seething with rage because not you gave me like sauce. one teaspoon of sauce. It's just that thing is so worth it. I'll give him just tell the chef, look, this guy's been a bit of a prick. Do you, do you mind giving him a smaller bit of fish? I'll give him like the end piece yeah. of the fish. Or like when I take the bread out for the table, make sure that the end bits of the bread went to his side of the table. Or um, for bigger tables, what we'd have is, um, oh, like everyone gets a couple of pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. And for bigger tables, take them more. I'd always make sure that... Um, I'd put the extra bread at the side of the table they weren't at. Yeah, yeah. So like, the other side of the table gets more bread. And it's like, again, it's a subtle thing. And like, they can't prove that I'm doing it on purpose. And if they complain about it, I can tell, well, no, I'm just doing my job. There was more space at that side of the table. Mm-hmm. What they don't know is that there's more space because that's where I made the space. But once again, like, this is not something we're doing maliciously to nice or normal people. Mm. This is just what you get when you're a prick for no reason. And also as well, it sounds awfully um, uh, vindictive and petty. You have to remember, though, so much of working in a restaurant in service is downtime. Yeah. Where these these little things are the things you do to just keep yourself sane. Mm-hmm. Because you need to, like, you play little games with yourself and with, like, the other people who work there just to pass the time. 
And you do get a lot of shit over the course of a long shift. So if you get a couple of little moments to just perk yourself back up by, mm. you know, getting a little bit back at them, just a tiny little thing of like, you were an asshole to me and actively tried to make my day worse. So you know what? Yeah. Have a bit back. It's like, because um, I can confirm if you've ever been to, a, if anyone out there has ever been to a restaurant, when waiters come over when you got a mouthful of food to ask you if the food's okay, do we do that on purpose? The answer is sometimes yes. Just that, because I'm it's not amusing. Like, oh, that's one of my favourite things to do. Yeah, I, I used to do it on purpose all the time. Yeah. Just because I knew how like, it was really funny. And again, <laughs> it's petty and it makes me sound like a dick. But when you are stuck in a restaurant, you're working like a 12 hour shift. Yeah. That little moment of someone going, with like a gob full of food, it's like, that's amusing. Like, and for most people, that's just like, you know, it's a minor inconvenience. Like, oh God, this always happens when I go to restaurants. Like, yeah, on purpose now. So I'd like to confirm yeah. that sometimes waiters do do that on purpose. I most definitely have been guilty of that one. And I've heard similar stories from uh, a friend of mine who does is a teacher. And they were telling me about um, when they're invigilating for exams. Mm-hmm. Was it you who told me this? I've heard from you about this. Uh, potentially came from me, yeah. Is it where they play Pac-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they play Pac-Man when they walk around in a... a so they chase each other, but really slowly. Yeah, and they just do like the invigilator walk where they pretend like, you know, they're walking around making sure no one's cheating, making sure no one's up to anything. But mm-hmm. while they're doing that, they're actually playing a game where like one's, one's the Pat Man and the rest are the ghosts. And they're chasing each other. And we they do are. a similar thing in the restaurant where it's, um, uh, oh, go into the restaurant and just stand near the table of like, the person on the table who like you think like, has the biggest dick or something like that. Oh, yeah, they always like, something the girls would do, do all the time. Like, Oh, everyone stand next to the kid who looks like they're gonna fail or something. Yeah. Apparently, we used to do something like, "Oh, that's rough." That is rough. Like, no, no, it's gonna make you more paranoid. It was like, "Oh yeah, what guy do you think has the nicest ass? Who do you think would be the best in bed?" Like mm. that sort of like you know just workplace banter, which doesn't really seem like it makes sense for a fancy restaurant. But yeah, we we're all young and not being paid very much money. You do what you do to entertain yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you do. You just be a little thing, but that one of just. I'll, I'll never forget, just take people a single teaspoon of tomato sauce. Because <laughs> it's just, it's such a minor thing. But it, but the exact kind of person who get pissed off about it is the exact kind of person who probably deserves. Yeah, or, exactly. Or probably like, you're not going to feel bad about making their day. It's that little bit more annoying. Mm-hmm. It's, it always cracked me up, just seeing them scrape it out with like the fucking spoon. Oh, it's so good. And the best thing I think about that is that you always find those people walk around going like, man, Everything fucking happens to me. It's like maybe <laughs> that's what maybe because you walk around with a chip on your shoulder being an asshole to everyone. But at the same time as well, I can't help but think there's someone out there listening to this who's now feeling video. I knew it, I knew everyone was against me. <laughs> it's like it's I bet bad. there's people going, I fucking knew that they checked on me while I was eating. While I had food in my mouth. While I had food in my mouth, yeah. Uh, it is something like I didn't do it all the time. No, no, I don't I, do it I, often. Just every now and then, just to cheer myself up a little bit. Especially as well when you see someone's taking a massive mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> or when they're like taking it away, it's a burger. And they're about yeah. on the bur- and they're halfway through biting the burger. And they're, and they try and nod with the burger in their mouth. <laughs> that was always a good one. Oh, dear. I oh, remember, like, me. I do remember someone um, asked me to do that once. It was like, they asked for, you know, the, the double burger with five extra things on it. And was like, they literally struggled to construct the burger. And they just went, 
do me a favour and just go ask how the food is when they're taking the biggest fucking bite. Always a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah they so, were just so uh, annoying. But to conclude, yes, um, yeah. wait staff are constantly thinking of ways to fuck with you because they're stuck and they're bored and it's all they've got to go and keep themselves And inside. I will say, you know, I've worked in restaurants for five, six years. I've never been, like, vindictive about it. I've always no, no. done it either as, like, you know, a jokey little thing that's not intended to hurt anyone or... Like just a silly little vindictive thing to get back at someone being a massive asshole to. Yeah, it's the it's the definition of a prank is a harmless bit of fun at someone else's expense that ultimately causes no lasting harm. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where like it's so minor a thing, but it did really help me get through the day a lot of the time. Oh, for just sure, those little yeah. games that keep yourself entertained and the kind of person who would take it personally and get mad. I'd feel like maybe they need to have, like, you know, be taken down a peg. Yeah. Like, once or twice. Like, and again, it folds right back into the thing right at the start of this piece where just sometimes you need to give someone that metaphorical slap to teach them that lesson. <laughs> Even if that just takes the form of just giving them a slightly smaller portion than usual. Or, like, the beer one of, like, oh, they asked for a beer, but they're a dick about it. Oh, can you hurry up a bit, mate, please, mate? Just give them mostly head on the beer. <laughs> Just give him a really frothy beer. Yeah. Not too much. Like too much is taking the but more than will be acceptable, but not enough for him to complain about it. Again. Just for my own amusement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh mate, get us a beer, we'll be a bit quicker about it, will you? Right, and, always, and then you'll always see him do it under the breath like. <laughs> yeah. Like that tut of under the breath, like, typical. See, like, and the thing is, if they'd be nice and just say, oh, excuse me, but. Uh, do you mind just topping it up a little bit? I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. And it'd be, their problem would be solved, but there's just something inside their head. Like, they can't do that. They can't, it's not in them to be the bigger person or just to admit fault and swallow <laughs> that pride and say, oh, sorry, could you just top this up a little bit? I could have a little bit more sauce. Yeah. They'll either get mad or just like, um, just begrudgingly deal with it to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I will, I'm going to use this sauce and I'm going to scrape every little bit out. Yeah. Ugh, so good. Oh dear, no. I, I, I'm so I'm so proud of you. Look at that one of like yeah, ask for the sauce, waiting to finish the meal before giving them <laughs> yeah. it. That's such a good one. That's so strong. <laughs> that's like the strongest it is because again, that's so perfect. Where it's, you can't complain about that. Yeah. And again, I would never ever do that stuff to anyone that's not even been nice to me. Just, just not being not, a dick. Like not been an asshole. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we, uh, these are the things we're not doing them to people. Uh, if you'd literally just been completely neutral and just made your order, yeah, like the one of like I'm, ref- like, but they're actively going out of their way to just be a penis of like not refusing to acknowledge your presence mm-hmm. or say thank you or something like that. It's like yeah, okay, you're going out of your way to be a prick. I'll go out of my way to make your dates that little bit more annoying. And it's yeah. very fun. It's very amusing as well. <laughs> like the games that people play, I love that one. But God, I'm so just I'm I'm like. Just giggling in my head of thinking how mad that person would get. <laughs> just because I know I'm just, I can see it in my head because I worked in a restaurant for so long. I can see that person's response, and it would be the moment you turn your back and go away, and they think you're not watching. They'll turn to their partner or whoever they're eating with, and mm. complain about it as if it's your fault. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But then they'll they'll always do that thing of they'll complain, but not to you. 
mm-hmm. you'll complain to the other person. It's like, oh, that this is why it happened. It's great. I love it. So happy. And I'm sorry for being. I'm sorry if it makes me sound petty, but fuck it, it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> it cracked me up. Like I say, it's how I got through the day most of the time. Yeah, just like the little little things to get you through the day. And I'm sure most people can understand in the jobs that they're in, like regardless of whether it's hospitality or whatnot, just the little things to get you through your shift. And to yeah, get and you I'm sure as well. And I'm sure as well, everyone can understand the thing of just like intentionally antagonizing annoying people. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, should be, it should be, it's the national pastime, man. I think like, it it's like, is. it's the raison d'etre of the British to yeah. be passive aggressive and sarcastic, <laughs> but in a way where people can't tell if you're being passive aggressive and sarcastic. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, it's the crux of the British, like, personality. And so it's always just a, like the, um, the thing that you often say of just have the day that you deserve. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite. Uh, that um, hearing that changed my outlook on life slightly. <laughs> um, where my the story behind that is a friend of mine worked in um, a shop selling like speakers or something, but really high end speakers. Yeah, and he said just a lady who they served once who was like really polite, and she was an older um, Afro Caribbean lady from like the West Indies. So she had a really thick uh, West Indian accent, mm-hmm. and just after they'd served her. And like got all the stuff packed up and done the living and taking the payment. They just actually like got the receipt and went, Thank you, young man. Have the day you deserve. Yeah. And he just sat back and like and he stood up and just did I think he'd cock your head and think and go, Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I've never thought of it like that. And when he told me that, that I started saying that to customers, and I distinctly recall a customer getting mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> because the customer had been intentionally difficult and like complained about their food and just been generally abrasive and just brusque and like just not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And at the end of their meal, I just said, "Oh, thank." And they paid their, their thing. I said, "Thank you, sir, and have the day you deserve." Like that as well, with that little bit of sarcasm in there. Mm-hmm. And he went fucking ape shit, and he got my manager <laughs> over and asked and complained. I, went, I want you to reprimand this member of staff. Why? What did he's been cheeky? What did he say? He told me to have the day I deserve. To which my manager responded. And what's the problem with that, sir? Because yep. it's something you can only get annoyed about if you know that you're being a dick. Yep. Because if you think and... to yourself, like, yeah, I've been a nice, like, you know, sensible and polite person to everybody today, it's like, I deserve have... a good day. You'll probably have the reaction that my friend did when he first heard that statement of, huh. Like, oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And then it's like, wish the person a good day. But if you are like that gentleman, you're just an angry, bitter person, or like a, a salty, bitter gammon. Mm-hmm. Who just takes everything personally and can't deal with any sort of uh, challenge um, to their authority and just like just just not a nice person? You'll see it as an attack on your very being and responding kind. Yeah, but it's one of those things you can't complain about it because to complain about it is basically it's tantamount to admitting I was being <laughs> a prick. Yeah, and that's the one piece of advice. Like if you work in service or retail weaponize that statement because it's a fucking good one <laughs> it is a good one it's so good I use it all the time oh, it's perfect because it's, it's so good like for people who are being nice it's like it, feel, it feels nice to hear that yeah and if people are being a dick it, it, it puts their teeth on edge it's great it, it puts it puts assholes on tilt and I'm always a fan of putting assholes on tilt <laughs> and anyway Lucas 
Uh, I feel I feel like it was a natural conclusion to his sentence is the phrase putting assholes on tilt. It is. So have you got anything you got anything to add to that? Uh, not particularly. I just doubled <laughs> down on the sentiment. Uh, there's anything to close off on? Like any uh, things you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, as anything always. Be up um, to this week. I'll, I'll just to. plug my my channel. So yeah, I am Legend of Canto on Hell yeah. YouTube Link below. and Twitch, and then a uh, good old Twitter Canto Legend underscore. Yep. And then I believe, are you not starting a new playthrough on your channel this week? Uh, I I am. Yes, would you like to tell the audience what that is? Because I believe it'll go up the day after this episode airs? Uh, I, no, I don't know when it'll go up. I know it'll be recorded on Friday. Yeah, and it'll okay. be a game that releases on Friday. But if you there want to find is. out, you have to go to my YouTube channel. Okay, because there are two games being released this Friday, aren't there? And yeah, there is a there is a Paper Mario the Origami, the Origami King, and there is Ghost of Tsushima. And because I've got videos going up over the weekend, it will be posted like next, maybe Tuesday, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, because I don't want to put out like multiple videos on one day and crunch all of my content into like one weekend. That is unfortunately, yeah, we unfortunately have to, um, you know. The algorithm is our overlord in this regard. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, but if people want to check out one, a playthrough of one of those two games, uh, it'll be on Lucas's channel. It will be. Legend of Kanto, yeah. And then you're streaming this weekend as well, aren't you? Uh, you do. Yeah, so on my Twitch channel on, I think, so Friday night, so it'll be the day after this podcast goes live, yeah. I'm going to attempt to do a, a Destiny dungeon solo when it's meant to be a high-end three-player activity. There we go. So that's going to be fun for Lucas. And I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I might stream, I might not. It depends on what my girlfriend wants to do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because she's just arrived in like the UK. Um, and it's like, we're Carl, totally like having those pizzas. Tell good. people where you are on Twitch if they do want to find you. Um, Carl's Wood. Carl's Wood. Which is weird because I had someone the other day when I was streaming... What? Why is your theme on Twitch wood? <laughs> yeah. And I, my only response was just a blank stare for five seconds before saying, say my name out loud. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, and you know you. what? Have the day you deserve. <laughs>